Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. You got to give me a sack, Chandler. Uh, give me a sack. Sack! Yes. <laughs> How about those freaking pirates? It's a me, Amanda Garcia. <laughs> Puedes pintar este violeta. Y'all are intimidating guys, you know what I'm saying? Y'all are famous, y'all are celebrity-type guys, and that's intimidating. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Did you miss the football Tuesday and Wednesday? Uh, It's back tonight. It's always a good feeling going into a day knowing you got some football on at night we got the eagles and the vikings also memphis taking on navy so something for you pro and college fans on this thursday welcome in to pirate radio live on pirate radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington you can find us on 1250 9 30 online pr927fm.com and we love when you're a part of the show love interacting with the chat gang you can do that on facebook live and on youtube and we are happy to have you give us a like give us a subscribe let us know what is on your mind here on a thursday as we got a lot of pirate football to talk about got some mike houston audio from uh wednesday along with donnie kirkpatrick blake harrell uh, earlier in the week, I asked Coach Mack, what is Colorado going to do after the game this week? To, what's the chip on the shoulder? What are they going to go to? What are they going to point to? They had the, the Sunny Dykes and everything week one against TCU. Uh, week two, they had Nebraska. Matt Rule's comments about Dion. What are they going to point to this week? Well, we have our answer uh, in the form of Colorado State coach Jay Norvell. So we will get to that and uh and a lot more coming up on today's edition of pirate radio live (laughs) um i want well let me introduce shirley rhodes hey shirley hey hey chandler hey clipper happy thursday htmf uh or mg my guy um the chat is active early guess what i did for y'all today i gave y'all a spot on the fleet feet rundown the chat's been so good and so active lately i put up a uh i told chandler hey let's put up a spot for the chat boys and uh the chat is active already today uh i i want to i guess we'll start there because steve hill surely wants to hear uh some hits go for it all right here we go steve hill's requesting some sound effects to get us going here kind of a good good way to get into the show Clip-o! Clipper! Go Gator! Go Gator! Burgly, a burger, a burger, a I'm a former long snapper. Year, I'm a former long snapper. So. I want me some glory hole. Ahí estaba en el centro, hoyo de gloria. My guy. My guy. My guy. Family. Don't have that one. Oh, no family. family. It was in the men's section. It was it. in the men's section. Girl, shake your hand. I want to shake his hand. Tell him to bring me my money. Hey. Oh, man. Got a little taco meat on my chest. I got a little taco meat on my chest. <sighs> All right. All right. Superstitious beers. Superstitious beers. Superstitious beers. 
Bears. All right, there you go. I got, uh, I got a couple. Chaminade. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Chaminade. Uh, and Bailey's laugh. If you got it. Some kind of good. Thank you, Stans. Pike says local politics in Boone have ticket prices high as the mountains. Tyler says, I'll be better today. Were you bad yesterday? I don't recall. Every day's a new day. It's a clean slate. Uh, Eric says, sick D.H. Conley America lit there, Clipster. Thanks. I went with the brave shirt today. I had to find some Navy-ish hat, and uh, I went with this one. Uh, Mike P. says, Clip, take that hat off. You are talking to adults. Very timely reference there. We'll get into that in a moment. Russ says, less rage. Count the bell. He loves raging. Steve said, how about them EC Skin? EC Skin with the trivia win last night at A.J. McMurphy's. Had a fun night asking trivia questions and having those questions answered. Uh, let's see. Anything going on on the Facebook chat? I tend to uh, ignore Facebook, and you know what? There's nothing going on. That's why I ignore it. We'll start with Pirate Football today. Um, you remember former East Carolina wide receiver T-Cop, Terrence Copper? I'm a big T-Cop fan. I do remember him. Great guy. Used to watch some football with him. I watched a football game with him one time. And we're at Fifth Street at the time, Winslow's. And I am not a... I'm just a look at the menu. I'll order that. Bring it to me. And we're all good. He is a question asker about everything. And finally, I was like, Terrence, why are you asking so many questions? And he said, because... That's how you find out the answers. <laughs> and I said, Touche. Pointed thought there, T Cop. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a pretty arrogant, egotistical way to go through life thinking you have all the answers and not asking questions. And sometimes you know you're not going to get an answer to the question you ask. Like myself yesterday. Oh, first of all, uh, to football practice, we go to the room where we always go, Tom Patrick and Blake Harrell. We are alerted. Someone opens the door and says, there's lightning outside. Everybody out. So, I'm like, what, us? We're going out into the lightning? You're kicking us out? So, we get kicked out into the lightning so the players and uh, coaches can come in to the meeting room that we're in. Now, I'm not going to be dramatic. We were immediately ushered into another place indoors so it wasn't a big deal um so they run off the practice field practice is about over anyway uh they do we can hear mike houston giving his team a speech can't hear the words just kind of hear him uh in a, a few rooms over and then they clear the room and we go back in the room and it is like a greenhouse it's like a um like a uh, rainforest in there. It is muggy. It is gross. It is stinky. And all of the seats have just sweat piled on them. So we do the interview standing. Like nobody will sit in a seat because they're so gross. So that is how we conducted the interviews uh, yesterday. Is that a cool, neat story, Chandler? 
Did I paint the picture enough for you? Um, it was a that's a cool, neat story. I wish, cool, neat I've, story. I've already heard the story though. I wish I would have taken a picture of the seat so you can get a real feel for it. I wanted to ask like, where did the punter sit? I'll sit in his seat. But like, thank you for not saying long snapper. Uh, I ain't doing nothing either. I'll sit in his seat too. Um, but yeah, I don't want to sit in like, for example, Surad Ware seat, like a big fella, you like, know? Yeah. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, Ugh. I don't want to sit in that Parker seat. Moore's. So I just decided to uh, to stand, as a lot of folks did. And I was like, you know what? What if this is the week? What if today's the day Mike Houston wants to talk about who's going to play quarterback? You never know, right? You, you don't want to assume. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to ask him. What's the plan? You're using two quarterbacks. Surely. Here's uh, the question and answer. Mike Houston on the plan, AQB. Are you planning to use two quarterbacks this Saturday? Well, if I if I was or if I wasn't, I'm sure not going to tell anybody in this room. You know, so that's it, it, that position is no different. I said it on Tuesday or uh, at, the, at the press conference on Tuesday. That position is no different than any position in our program. In that, those kids are competing very very hard. Uh, those kids are pushing each other to, to uh, improve, and uh, and both of them are excited about this weekend rats all right i thought it was going to be the day but it is not now my i'm going to tell anybody in this room my question is you know do i do we do i keep asking quit asking yeah <laughs> i'm not going to tell you so quit asking <laughs> you're going to be like the maria taylor <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh I, you got to keep asking right no quit asking <laughs> Like, it is almost an agreement now that he's not going to tell us what he's going to do at quarterback, but... It's a competition. I got to keep asking the question. And somebody's going to keep asking. Do you do it on Wednesdays? Might as well be me. Yeah, I'll be the Wednesday asker. Yeah. So, uh, Coach Gardner-Webb coming up this week. Uh, Playing the youth through quarterback? Just like last week. If I was or wasn't. If I was or wasn't, I'm not going to tell anybody in this room. We need to get somebody in that room he trusts. So you have a therapist, family member. So you can say family member. There's no one in this room. I'll tell, and then that person's like in the back row, like Mike. Would you tell me? And then he'd have to tell all of us. That's my plan to get an answer out of him. Maybe get a cowboy that he likes. Uh, Russ says, "Clip, I don't want to sit in your chair. How does that make you feel? Fine, wow. I understand." It is sweaty and stinky. I probably. I mean, what? I is, don't want your life. I don't want your chair. I, I like being honest with everybody. I don't like playing pretend. It's a three-hour show. A toot or two might slip out during that three hours. I understand you not want to sit in this chair. That's fine. That doesn't hurt my feelings. That is life. That is life. And that is, I mean, I, but I don't want to live your life. I hate to break it to you folks. I don't want your life. The most attractive person in the world. The big wigs, the high rollers, guess what? They toot. They all fart. And they stink. Yep. Everybody. And in the words of my 11-year-old godson, farts are funny. They are. And stinky. And they're real. Mm-hmm. I think that's what... It's a part of life. ...brings us all together as a human race. No matter your race, creed. I don't even know what that means. I just hear, what does creed mean? Like you can go to just about anybody I would around think, like, here and say, what have you done today? And they'll say, toot. 
I farted today. And yeah. you say, I have too. Some people don't. You have that in common with them. Yeah. So we've a commonality. What, what do you have in common with this person that is not in your economic class? Or circle. Yeah. That's it, folks. You farted. That's right. People forget that. Why do they forget that? All right. What else uh, are y'all talking about? Um, Chris said a friendly reminder to turn off y'all's caps lock. Appreciate that, Chris. I like that. Uh, let's see. Tyler said, so more coach speak. He seemed agitated. I mean, look, I have you not realized it by now that these coaches are not going to tell you what they don't need to tell you? I, I don't I don't really care anymore. We do the song and dance. Donnie opens up a little bit. Well, Blake Harrell gives good answers. And to certain things, Mike Houston will go into detail. But really, none of these coaches across America – are going to give you anything at all it's just part of it except viv pogey yeah whatever he's doing right now uh there was one coach in america that talked to quite a bit jay norvell jay norvell colorado state so there's a small clip going around social media and i was able to find a little bit of a longer one just to kind of get context or whatever so this is Jay Norvell. He's doing his coach's show. You can hear some Rams fans in the background of it. But uh, he's talking on his radio show, Colorado State, Colorado, coming up on ESPN Saturday night. 10 o'clock. And uh, out of nowhere, talks about manners, I reckon. Uh, let's, just, let's hear what he had to say. You know, we're excited. Our kids are really you know, we had to do a bunch of ESPN videos, and it was great. I loved it. And and uh, but our kids came out of those videos really with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of all that stuff. They really are tired of it. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. Yeah, you tell yeah. them, coach. You yeah. tell them, They're coach. not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It's I. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And so I don't mean to take over the show, but it's your show. I'm just tired of <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of all that stuff. It's just it's it's and I everybody else is too. So um let's go play. All right. Oh, 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 oh boss man. No boss man, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Jay Norvell. Hey, he's doing it the right way. He takes his hat and <laughs> what glasses are you off when about? he talks to an adult. Hey, you're talking to me. Can you take your hat off, please? I will not, because I do not do it the right way. I have no etiquette. I have no manners. I do not take my hat off when I enter a building. Why? Because who the hell cares? What does it matter? I just... I, and he's probably a great... I love the fans were like... Woo! Yeah! yeah, yeah right. the best! Oh, my God. Yoo-hoo! Oh, my God. That's our coach. That's right. You're my coach. That's my coach. Yes, sir. I, he's probably I mean, a, he's probably a nice guy. He probably is a great dude, but the whole that's very just self righteous. Like, look at me, I, Dion has I take been, my hat and my sunglasses off when I talk to an adult. I respect because that's you, just man. the way I was raised. <laughs> he Good. may or may not have had a rebuttal, but like I don't I, know if this nah, video is from last week or not. The Dion, he didn't yeah. really say much about okay. it. He, I, I listened to it. Okay. Um, um, he talked about how he's. Uh, great guy great coach Dion's going to do his talking after the game that's when he he's going to let the game play out 
And right now, I mean, and they're a 20-point favorite, I think, somewhere around there. And me personally, I think they can exceed that that line. And it's going to be so funny. It'll be the third straight week in a row that Dion goes up there and says something that everybody's going to be talking about for at least two or three days. The first week it was, we were coming, but now we're here. And calling out a uh, a reporter. Last week it was Shadur standing in the middle of the field because of what Matt Rule said. That was overblown too. But it doesn't matter. They're using all of these things as motivation. That little clip there is going to be used as motivation. So are we like are we going to see this every single week from every opponent? Opponent, and I, I hope so. I know it makes it fun. At this point, it's all entertainment anyway. Entertain me. Are you not entertained? This is entertaining. But Chandler, could you please uh, remove your shoes next time you come in the building? Uh, Shirley's already done that. I know because she was Does raised. Right, she yeah. was raised right. I did notice that her salad fork was on the opposite side of her dinner fork at lunch today. You rascal. And uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm sorry that I Were was you so raised a, in a barn? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm uncouth. Mike P. was asking uh, if the coach had his, I think it was Mike P. Yeah, were his elbows on the table when he talked about this? <laughs> was he using proper etiquette? We need to talk. Hey, you know what? Next time we talk to Jack Powers, we need to ask him if Coach Jay Norvell took his hat and, and glasses off when he spoke to them because that was Jack Powers' coach at Nevada. Oh, really? Jay Norvell was at Nevada from 17 to 21. So Appreciate hey. Jack uh, doing that. I noticed that Jack took his glasses off and he didn't have a hat, so he didn't have to take a hat off the other day. So I guess he learned from the best. He I learned, mean, he learned from Jay Norvell. Good for him. Well, yeah, we, uh, we did an interview the other day. I was wearing a hat while Jack was wearing no hat, no glasses. And that is because he is a Jay Norvell guy. Um, Eric says coaches cutting promos on each other does make things more interesting. Totally agree. Do we not? Do agree? we not agree? Well, the other thing too is it's they're making their programs relevant <laughs> to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean you, you keep saw, them in the headlines. Uh, somebody say, look at Norvell doing his part to hype up this game like he's a boxer you know how boxers do the interviews and hype up the event yeah and they do the stare down and potentially throw a haymaker or two during the weigh-in and all that stuff people into it yeah it draws attention to it and now this is my conspiracy theory is that and i'm sure because everywhere Dion goes i mean heck his son who ranks first i don't know if y'all saw this but ranks first in his kids power rankings Dion sanders jr uh, is the social media guy for Colorado and is basically the social media guy for the Sanders family. There's probably some sort of documentary going on. I mean, this is, I'm not saying it's a last dance thing, but there's probably some cameras and they're like, all right, we're getting this to add to our documentary, to add to the, the 2023 college, Colorado football season. Like every story in America, there's going to be a downfall. We're going to get tired of this. Right now, I'm not tired of it at the moment. If it was anybody other than – if it wasn't Dion, would you be tired of it? Would you be interested if it wasn't primetime? I don't know. Dion is a um, a lightning rod. I was not a Dion fan when he played. I, I mean, became a Dion so. fan later in life. <clears throat> um, Mike P. says, I take my cummerbund off before entering the PRL chat because I was raised right. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Mike P. 
You are a classy, classy gentleman. Classy guy. He also said Dion should wear a, gra- <laughs> a gradually bigger hat each week. And be like the ones <laughs> that we saw last year with football players. Russ said, what if Dion comes out with a bald head and no shades? I don't think that's going to happen. I think the hat's going to get bigger and the shades are going to get bigger. Give me my theme music. Yeah, there you go. We got some Donnie Kirkpatrick to get to. We got some Mike Houston here. We got some Blake Harrell as well. On a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live, that was sort of the Fleet Feet Rundown. Brought to you by Fleet Feet. You can go see them at 207 East Arlington Boulevard in the old Gordon's Golf location. Fleet Feet, uh, owned and operated by ECU alum Chris Lundian. Uh, Fleet Feet has that one-on-one service, the 3D foot scanner. They will take care of you at Fleet Feet. Let's take a break. Uh, Jeff Nadeau going to join us. <coughs> I don't even think I set up the guest. Nadeau coming up next. I did? You did. Kevin Monroe at 4 o'clock. And we've got Marcus Crandall at 5 o'clock, plus a whole lot of audio and the chat gang as well. Fun Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We roll on after these words. You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Got some Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell audio to get to. We'll talk to Kevin Monroe, former ECU DB, color analyst on the Pirate Sports Network. We'll talk to him in the 4 o'clock hour. Marcus Crandall, ECU Hall of Famer, will join us at 5. Right now, we head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Get you ready for the football weekend, uh, which begins tonight. We got... The Vikings and the Eagles. Also, Miami is in action in college football against Bethune-Cookman, Navy, and Memphis coming up tonight as well. Jeff Nadeau joins us on the Pi Radio Live Line. Big man on campus. Big man, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Cliff? Doing good. And uh, football night in Philly. Your Eagles in action, Jeff. And I saw this line uh, has gone up a little bit from five and a half to six. I saw also saw the total drop by a point i think from like 50 to 49 something like that so looks like folks are on the eagles tonight any thoughts on uh your eagles in prime time tonight uh well i i think the eagles you know have some some major issues in this game one of which is i mean you figure it's not really an issue i mean you'd figure they'll bounce back offensively they weren't very good in week one uh the play calling was tentative i didn't love play calling at all quite frankly but the, the main issues they have tonight is on the defensive side. And, and I want to go to an issue they had coming into the season was they were not deep at linebacker or safety and in the secondary. And you look at what has come in, 
Reed Blankenship, their starting free safety, is not going to play tonight. That means Sidney Brown is likely going to play, and he is a rookie. James Bradbury, opposite of Darius Slay, is not going to play tonight. That means Josh Job, an undrafted player who kind of almost barely made the team. He's now going to have to play, and it kills your depth. If they're not getting home, their linebackers, Nicobe Dean's out. I think the overs the play in this game. I'm surprised that it's come down. Um, I think both teams will have success offensively. I think the weakest parts of both these teams uh, are defensively at the back. Jeff Nadeau joining us. That one coming up tonight. Amazon Prime. Uh, Nadeau, you also got Memphis and Navy coming up tonight. I was listening to a college football podcast, and um, they were already kind of saying who's at the top of the American right now. And going into the season, it was Tulane, UTSA, memphis smu uh this particular podcast was uh, already ready to take utsa out of that mix and call it a three-horse race uh with memphis smu and tulane might be a little early for that but i don't know any any thoughts uh overall on the aac so far or or memphis navy in particular coming up tonight memphis a 13 point favorite i think it's a little early to say utsa is out i mean utsa is one and one um remember i mean Here's what we know about UTSA. Frank Harris played his worst game of his career, and then he got injured against Texas, yeah. and he came back. So I think we're being a little hard on them. I think they're going to be fine. They have another tough game tomorrow against Army. That's not going to be easy. And then they're going to go play Tennessee. So they have a murderer's row of a schedule here at the start of the season. As far as this conference, I still think it's pretty open. Um, I think if, if I'm looking at them currently, I think the best team is, is the Tulane Green Wave. Um, you know, but look at them. I mean, they lost last week as well in a non-conference game. So I, I don't put a lot of stock into early season. We still have a long way to go. Um, but as far as Memphis, I like Memphis. They always are the same type of team. They can score. They can move the football. They're going to be around 400 yards a game. And the quarterback plays good. They have a pretty solid defense as well. Um, we don't really know what they are yet because they haven't played anyone. They've owned Navy over the last couple of years, and this number's come down below 14. You have to have some interest in Memphis. Navy doesn't look very good offensively. Um, they really struggled against Notre Dame, and I didn't think they looked real good against the Wagner Seahawks. I mean, you, you look at in that game, you know, I guess good for their standards, but they should have scored more points. You should score 40 against Wagner easily. Uh, you have to roll the football out and you can score 40. They were shut out in the third quarter. That shouldn't happen, so... They have some issues on offense. That could come back to bite them here. It's going to be hard to keep up with Memphis. Well, Jeff, if you don't put a lot of stock in what happens early in the season, uh, that's good news for East Carolina because if you did, you would say, uh-oh, they're in trouble offensively. It is, it, in trouble. <laughs> it has been rough, Jeff. Uh, we got one touchdown this season. That came on a two-yard drive thanks to the defense forcing a fumble uh, and uh, right there at the Marshall two-yard line. Uh, Pirates just can't get anything going offensively. They got App State coming up this weekend. App State just played a classic with North Carolina, lost in double overtime. App State. I think the number has been around eight, nine, maybe gone down a little bit, back to eight, eight and a half. But uh, any thoughts on this one going on in Boone on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, Clip. Um, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a realist. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat things. I think outside of Sam Houston State, I think you can make the case ECU is the worst offense in America. I'm just going to say it. I think, and we look at long term. I don't know how it gets better. I mean, a lot of the time a team can say, okay, well, our starting quarterback's not playing well, so let's go to our backup. But I think it's become clear that 
Alex Flynn probably isn't great either. And listen, again, I'm not from the area, so I, I speak very openly, but this offense isn't good. Um, they're not good on the ground, really. They're not good through the air. In fact, they're bad through the air. Um, but they're a great defense, and they're going to hang in games because they're good defensively. And I think they're probably a team that you probably play under in every game. I mean, this number's come down from 50 and a half. I thought at 49 and a half, 48 and a half, it was good. Even at 47 and a half. This team is just not going to score very many points. And I think this game's probably similar in a way to the Marshall game. Um, ECU just can't score, and, and that's not going to go away. Plus, they had 11 penalties against uh, Marshall. That, that can't happen. You can't win games doing that. Uh, pretty brutal start of the season, big man. No doubt about it. And uh, I, I would like to see Flynn get a start this week, see what he can do. But uh, reading the tea leaves could be Mason Garcia again going against Appalachian State on Saturday. This is not, for the the novice college football fan, a great weekend. Just not a lot of great matchups. But I know you don't mind that. You like to get into the weeds anyway. So what games are you looking forward to the most on Saturday, Jeff, that uh, you think you got a good good play on? Yeah, I have a few. I mean, I, I kind of, as the season goes on, I, 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 I'm not betting as much early in the week. It's more later. Two games that I definitely have some interest in. Um, I'm looking at Washington. I'm square on Washington. I just, um, it's hard to lay a big number on the road, but I think if Washington, if you want to, Washington's the team to do it with. Um, they beat up this Michigan State team last year, and I know that people are going to say, well, it was only an 11-point win, but they were up big and kind of took their foot off the gas, which makes me believe this year, if they're up big in this game, they're going to leave, no doubt. It's one of the reasons I look at this team total at 35.5 and, and have some major interest. I think it's possible this is the best offense in America. They're at third already in yards per game and almost 566 a game. They've dropped 40-plus in both games. And now they're playing a team whose major issue is through the secondary. This Michigan State secondary sucks. Um, they have some issues off the field with their coach, obviously. Um, so this is one I have my eye on. Uh, maybe just even land the number here. I think Michigan State has issues. But I do think their offense is better, so I might just focus on the Washington offense. Another one I love, Clip, it's rare that I'm going to lay 27 on the road with a team, but I think Kansas absolutely pummels Nevada. Um, this Nevada team, Clip, is horrific. I mean, you, you think ba- things are bad in ECU, Clip? I mean, this team lost last week to Idaho, 33-6. to Not not Idaho State, not, you know, the, the all Idaho All-Star team. Idaho, the University of Idaho. They beat them 33-6. to That shouldn't happen ever. You shouldn't lose to that team, let alone lose by 27. They had 104 passing yards. They had 266 total yards. They were outgained by nearly 200 yards, Clips. That shouldn't happen. Kansas might drop a 60 spot here um i know it's hard to bet on their defense but this nevada team is terrible i uh hey I, i'm a jayhawk backer at the team total last friday night and uh and was was happy with the result so uh rock chalk uh, during football season you don't say that a lot jeff nadu joining us here on pirate radio live nadu uh i don't know anything in the nfl you're looking at a week two or are you kind of focused on college right now um so I actually played this game tonight. I, I, I like the over. I, I, I had a few games I liked last week. My some of my favorites were the Browns and Titans. I like both. I think this is a great week to kind of just kind of let the dust settle. I'll focus probably tomorrow on this card. Um, I, I want to kind of get the overreactions there and in. 
Um, I think the Falcons, I like them at home a little bit. I don't think Green Bay is as good as they showed. I just think the Chicago Bears aren't good. Um, I'll also kind of focus a little bit more on, on just kind of fading what we saw in week one. Um, so, like, for instance, I think Ryan Tannehill sucks. Like, I just think that's the truth. I think the Chargers are better than they showed. I think offensively they're just way better than the Titans. Um, so that's an eye I have on something. Um, I'm just kind of looking at what we saw. I also like the Giants. Like, I don't think they're as bad as they let on. And the Cardinals, I think, just are bad. So, um, yeah, I'm focusing on kind of what we saw or didn't see and, and kind of hoping that, that it switches around. Jeff, uh, we are just kicking off and getting into football season, but knowing you, uh, you've at least taken a glance at the upcoming college basketball season. I, I just pulled up some college basketball uh, odds to win the championship, and, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, you, you got a long shot yet? Have you started to look at college basketball for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking. I mean, and I'll go right out of the gate. I mean, you're going to get a, a very good price still on Florida Atlantic, okay? <laughs> yeah. Florida Atlantic is a top 10 team coming into the season. Everyone is back. They went to the final four. This is a legitimate team. They're the best team in the non or best team in the out of the power five outside of Gonzaga. I still have Gonzaga rated fairly high. I think they're a top 10 team as well. Um, if I want to go deeper, um, I would look at, um, I don't know, um, St. Mary's. They're a group that I always have interest in. They return pretty much everybody and they welcome in a four star recruit, a kid named Jordan Ross, who's very high up. Um, I think St. John's is a group to keep an eye on. Um, they went out and completely reloaded. They made one of the best hires in the offseason I've seen in some time in Rick Pitino. Um, they're going to be really good on the wing. I like their guard play. Um, they get Soriano back. They're big. I, I'm pretty high on St. John's. They're going to be a real factor in the uh, Big East this year alongside, you know, obviously your Villanova, your Creighton's, your Marquette's. Marquette's a team I bet. I bet them a while ago. Colex back. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of teams. This is a pretty open year again. For me, though, if I'm, you're asking me who the number one team in the country is, um, pure talent, um, it's probably Kansas. They are the betting favorite right now as far as uh, national championship. And I knew even mid-September, Nate Dew would have some college basketball takes. Uh, excited, obviously, to talk football with you this season, big man. But uh, I don't mind when the weather cools off and we get the round ball going. Excited about that, too. Well, you can't say round ball, round. You know that. Um, oh, my bad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that said, I will say <laughs> a team on the clip is the Kentucky Wildcats. They have um, not one, not two, not three, but four top ten recruits coming in, one of which is the top recruit in DJ Wagner, son of DeWan Wagner. Oh, wow. Hadn't heard that name in a while. Yeah, I'm, uh, he, was, he was a kid that played at Camden High School in New Jersey, uh, the top recruit in the country. Uh, they also have Aaron Bradshaw as well coming in. That's going to be an awesome team. I'm so excited to watch them. So, uh, yeah, uh, Kentucky will be there, too. They're going to be reloading completely. They do good stuff. Uh, keep up the great work on the Sit Down podcast. And uh, you had to see a lot of uh, great views and everything going on there. And uh, anything else to plug today? No, no. I appreciate you having me, Clip, as always. Always good to uh, chop it up with you folks down in Greenville. We'll check in with you Saturday, big man. See if you got a few minutes to talk about what's going on. Sounds good. All right. There he is. Big man on campus. BMOC. Jeff Nadeau. Joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, Chandler. 
Eagles minus six against the Vikings. If you had to take a side, what side are you taking? I, I'm, I'm probably going Eagles. Eagles at home. I like uh, I like them at home. Vikings need to bounce back, but can they do it in Philly? I, I don't see that happening. So um, I I could see it maybe being a 10-point deficit at the end of this game. Um, so I mean, Jalen Hurts and and AJ Brown, um, Devonte Smith—they're such a force to be reckoned with. Can that uh, can that Vikings defense that wasn't able to stop Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week? Hmm. Can they stop that offense? I don't think so. Yeah, Vikings uh, staring zero and two in the face. Primetime Kirk going at it. Couldn't get it done at one o'clock. Uh, maybe maybe he's primetime Kirk this year. We'll see. I doubt it. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Hour one, Pirate Radio Live. Coming up, hour two, we got Kevin Monroe. We've got a lot of audio to get to as well, and more from the chat gang when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006 and are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Jamie said, Clip, going to smoke a heater after that interview, I'm betting. All right, the bets are in. Let's go uh, to Chandler. Jamie, uh, did he win his bet or not, Chandler? He is a big, fat loser. Loser. Bad bet, Jamie. Bad bet. Come on, bro. Your sources are slipping. (laughs) They're slipping. They're falling. They got to get up. Jamie also said, I'll be honest, that was kind of jarring to me. I wasn't expecting to be told that ECU had the worst offense in the country. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if you want to look at some of these stats. Oh, a stat to consider. The stats to consider. It is just, it's uh, it's ugly right now. And it just, as it doesn't matter how good your defense is. It just gives you kind of no hope moving forward you you have to believe i guess you have to have faith that something's going to turn around um was it natalie and bruglia shirley that said i i'm all out of faith i'm all out of faith <laughs> yeah i'm a little torn i'm uh I, right now pirate fans are lying naked on the floor there's no other way to say it yeah, that song was the source of probably one of the worst jokes I've ever attempted oh, let's to hear it. say on the air. Speaking oh, of worst gosh. jokes, Mac McCarthy is sending me in some doozies uh. here. All right, go ahead, Shirley. <laughs> what was your joke? Okay, so I one of my very first 
like professional DJ job, like working for a radio station. I was working for a music station. It was midnight to 6 a.m. I had to walk up the song. You know what that means. I'm sure you do. I'm sorry. Say that again. Uh, walk up a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're while the intro's While going, the intro's playing, chat, you walk it up. Here on Hot 95.2. So you hit it right on the cue when the... the uh, singer starts singing which by the way a teenage me would have lost her mind if you know because you're trying to record it on the cassette deck and that doesn't help but anyway um so this song comes on i'm doing my little spiel and then i said here's natalie and brulia uh with torn and because it was i think it might have been two or three o'clock in the morning i was a tad bit punch drunk from just being tired because i'm not used to that shift i just said you might want to sew that up. Wow. That's my kind of joke. If I was listening to that, I would have been like, well, unfortunately, my, to you. Unfortunately, my friends were listening and they called me and were like, that's the worst joke in the history of jokes. And still to this day, if that song ever comes on the radio or it pops up somewhere, they all look at me. Can you see if you can find a live version of that to play? Of that? Gotta get yeah. deep in the archives. <laughs> so we can hear Okay, I'll, I'll see if I can find it, but it's, yeah, it's not one of my better moments on the air. I, I can say that. I've got a joke. All right, first of all, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah. What celebrity is always ready to eat cereal? What celebrity is always ready to eat cereal? You got, uh, okay, Count Chocula and uh, Kate Rice. Uh, Glenn Rice, Crispy. <laughs> what is it? Reese with her spoon. <laughs> with her spoon. Ah! Okay, okay. I okay. got one. I okay, got one. Player. I got one. Okay, player. Why is the word dark spelled with a K instead of a C? Because you can't see in the dark. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like man. figuring out the punchline of jokes I don't even know. That's a good, I just, good joke. Yeah, killed my joke. Man. All right, here's uh, one Mac sent me. I asked my wife what she wants for our anniversary. She said a divorce. I said I wasn't planning on spending that much. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Rodney Dangerfield joke. That's a real shoulder roller. That sounds like a no respect. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Respect and boy, she was fat, I tell you. Uh, I tell she you, was, how was, fat was she? Fat. I, uh, I hit her with my car. She said, hey, uh, I'm telling this joke wrong. Uh, she said, hey, why'd you hit me? He said, hey, I didn't know if I had enough gas to drive around you. Hey, she was fat. Uh, Jamie said he is not like George Michael. He ain't got faith. Oh. Faith, the faith, the faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. Jamie says, Chandler, you can't laugh at your own joke. Chandler is guilty of that quite a bit. I didn't do that, did I? This I, time? I don't think so. But I usually do. <laughs> I usually do. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, Russ was talking to ECU football earlier. He said he thinks the stats are a little skewed. A little skewed with the, team. with the two defenses we have played. I've kept that in mind, Russ, and I hope you're right. I hope that we know Michigan's elite. Marshall has the numbers from a year ago that you can look back on and say they are a really good defense, really good, really good bunch on defense. But at some point, we got to show some life. 
is it this week this is a team that gives up a lot of rushing yards can we run the ball i just don't know if you can run the ball if you don't have any semblance of a passing game i don't know because it's simple if you become one-dimensional yep. they'll load the box load the box so i that, mean that any, anybody me. with like an ounce of football knowledge knows that so you've got to diversify your your uh your offense and you've got to be able to and and the other thing too the receivers have got to get some separation from the uh, you know they've got to be able to get open i just think it's i, a I whole... just don't think it's it's it, i don't think it's totally um mason's fault but i also think that you know some of the receivers are yeah i mean we've had dropped balls we've got an offensive line that maybe is not creating enough holes for rajay to get through uh, it, it's it's not just one singular problem yeah it's uh donnie talked about it yesterday too it's very concerning that it's not just one thing it is an operational disaster at the moment east carolina's offense what what is it that uh michael winstead calls it a dumpster fire dumpster juice dumpster juice that's yeah, what it is the yeah, juice yeah. that rolls out of that fire yeah that's that's kind of where we're at right now i just i want to see um kind of like what jason nichols has said in the past and i I think he said it earlier this week about maybe getting some of these playmakers javius bond out into open field and make him work and see what we can do offensively with through him because i mean he's he's that guy that has shown this year so far besides a couple of great runs by mason garcia He's going to be the guy that kind of gives you that spark and kind of can maybe get something going with one play. On that note, uh, cut five, Shirley. I asked uh, Donnie, do you trust Javius Bond, the true freshman, enough to start adding more to his plate? Here's what he said. Absolutely. I totally, totally trust him. Each week we're putting more more on him, trying to get him in the game a little bit more. You know, I would said last week, I guess, to the ESPN guys, I didn't know he was going to tweet it out so that the other team could read it. So that was a rookie mistake by me. Uh, I need to learn to lie in those meetings a little bit. Because you know, y'all know I'd never lie to y'all. But uh, I'd said we got to get him the ball more. And I don't know, he got it seven times, I think, maybe again. You know, and I meant more than that. Now, you got to move it or they take it away from you. They don't let you keep the ball unless you keep making first downs or something like that. So we gotta we gotta have some productivity. We did get seventy some plays after getting fifty nine the the week before, but we still got to get more productive plays. And uh, he he surely is somebody I think he, we know he can do it. And I trust him too. He totally knows. He, he's not your average freshman. That's for sure. He's way beyond. All right, all that sounds good. Let's get him the ball. Let's uh let's put him in the slot. Let's run a screen. Let's uh, get him in space. Wide open spaces, as uh, the Dixie Chicks once said years ago. The Chicks. Duh, Chicks. I like Duh, Chicks. Duh, I'm not, Chicks. I'm not a country music fan, but I, I like a lot of their songs. <laughs> Earl Had to Die. Why did Earl have to die? Because he beat a woman, dummy. What do you think? I mean, he walked right through that restraining order. <laughs> and put her in intensive care. Did you go through that song and be like, why did Earl have to die? Because Earl had to die. But why did they do that? that but why did they want that to happen? <laughs> but, but why did they want that to happen? Wait, Chandler, were you on Earl's side? No. <laughs> I just like the song. Oh, buddy. I didn't go too deep into it. 
Mike P's asking our thoughts on the Browns whiteout jerseys for Monday Night Football. Mike P, I ain't seen hide nor hair of them jerseys. Uh, Mike P, look, who cares? I could not care less. Are they wearing white helmets? Now, speaking of whiteout, did you notice that they are doing, because we mentioned Biff Pogey uh, earlier. Pogey? How do you pronounce it? Pogey. Pogey, okay. Uh, Earlier, uh, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, um, they're doing a whiteout. But they're doing it pogey size uh, style. So you have the sleeveless shirts with the little tear in the front. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently they they are embracing the Biff. That is marketing. That is Embrace fine. the Biff. Yes, they are wearing white helmets. Well, color me intrigued. <laughs> that is interesting. Does that tickle your fancy? A little. My fancy's a tad tickled. Is it tickled a little bit? It's giggling a little. <laughs> Let's take a it's break. It's snickering. Take a break. Uh, Eric said that will be a great canvas for a few good skid marks. Eric, really, man? Really? You always go too far. We, we try to take it to the line here. You are a habitual line stepper, as Charlie Murphy said. You don't step on the lines because then you crack like, your mama's back. Your mama's back. back's probably broken. <laughs> spinal. Spinal. <laughs> your mama's back is broken. It's spinal because you step on the line. Uh, you broke your back. Jamie said, uh, I remember something Clip said before the season. Hmm, this is probably going to be smart. He said, the lead up to football is often better than the season itself or something to that effect. Yes, I did say that, and yes, it is true. How much fun are y'all having right now? Everybody and they mamas complaining online, complaining to their friends. ECU stinks. Tired of Mike Houston. Fire Donnie. Are you telling me this is fun? Are y'all having fun? No. The best part of the football season is August. I wonder if it's funny to Derek Anderson. Nothing's (laughs) funny to him. He's never laughed in his life. Nothing's funny. This is serious. Nothing is funny. We are way past the best football. This, this, the whole next three months, hell in a handbasket. When does basketball season start? Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, the best part of the basketball season is, is leading up to basketball. Is, uh, Minji's madness. Yep. <laughs> Once the season starts, forget about it. It's all down here over there. Seeing missed threes in a three point contest. <laughs> yeah. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta understand. God, what a live performance this was. I mean, any live performance ever with Whitney. Good gracious, she is killing it. I'm telling you, there are two people in this world that have the most natural singing voices. Whitney Houston. Clip Rock. Allison Krause. Uh, <laughs> That's dumb it. Dumb and broke. <laughs> broken and dumb. Broken and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. Why did Earl have to die? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying maybe... Well, we'll get into it later. Kevin Monroe joins us when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years, and you can shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Enjoy talking to Ryan McChrystal on Wednesday. We're going to be cycling in a lot of ECU baseball players this fall. And... uh, bring them back around i think during the baseball season as well so excited about that coming up on friday's show planning to talk to wyatt lunsford shinkman and the dancing king himself jake hunter so looking forward to that talking some pirate pitching in hour three on friday's edition of pirate radio live along with all of our football free beer friday festivities that we do every week here on pirate radio live so mixing a little baseball with the football talk all right um Eric says there's only one guy that can save ECU right now. Chandler, without looking at YouTube, who's the one person that can save ECU athletics right now? I don't necessarily agree with this statement. I'll jump on board with it, but this is Eric M's opinion. Who's that one person that can save everything ECU athletics right now? It's more of a joke response, but a deep dive from Dave Hart. <laughs> Chandler, you're Sorry. not supposed to talk about that sorry um this is an athlete this is an athlete a current ecu athlete current ecu athlete danny beal good guess but no he says that one man is bobby pettiford bobby the savior (laughs) (laughs) can i just say let's let's it's a joke but let's not put this thing is getting serious <laughs> let's not put all that on bobby pettiford's shoulders bobby yeah. you know why because the key to the athletics department is in your hands jamie says clip we know you have a bobby pettiford tattoo i mean let's be honest if i had a tattoo right now of a pirate basketball player it would probably be brandon johnson mean mugging pointing at a opposing player after scoring on him that would be my tattoo Brandon Johnson, mean mug, pointing at a player. All the way down your leg, yeah. like your shin. If you had to get a tattoo of one current ECU athlete, who would it be? Danny Beal. <laughs> With the stash. With the stash. I'd have uh, my guy up here, Brandon Johnson on the leg. Uh, um, sorry, DB, but I'd probably go Jacob Jenkins Cowart. With that Whip. long swing, the long back swing. Oh, yeah. Like the swing man. Yeah. Does it have to be a current player? For this conversation, yes, but oh, we're living in fantasy land, so do whatever you Semi-current. want. Semi-current. Um, if I had to do one, I would love to do the kind of Hulk stance that Zach Agnos had. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought like you were going to say he, Moylan, because I think he hulked one time. Oh, yeah, he hulked about one time. But, iconic... But, picture yes. of Agnos. Yeah. yeah. I won't I would do that one. I want Steve Logan crouching down on my ankle. Crouching Logan. Hidden yards. Oh, he's got to do this though. Somebody tell the radio audience what you just did. Oh, he used to cover his uh 
his eyes hold on a second uh for our tv audience he used to do this he'd sit down but he would also kind of create like a little visor area over his eyes chad said go for it every time clip has a sug boat tattoo on his back but we do not talk about it yeah i'm trying to get that filled in trying to get that you don't you have a tramp stamp (laughs) yeah it's it's right above the crack so when i go to the beach and sit on sit by the pool people can see it oh man you uh do you own a sug boat and then people are like people are like you're gonna be like no brandon sugs duh duh what are you talking about duh all right enough tomfoolery let's talk some pirate football let's head out to the pirate radio live line joining us former east carolina corner now current color analyst uh talking pirate football he is kevin monroe joining us on this thursday edition of pirate radio live kmo how you doing today man i'm doing good cliff hope you are yes sir doing well and uh hoping for a pirate victory they're heading on the road to appalachian state coming up saturday our pregame coverage begins 11 30 here on the bud light pregame tailgate we're with you after the game on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we're with you during the game for a watch party with myself jason nichols marcus crandall uh mully gonna be hanging out as well so we'll have a good time coming up on saturday and uh kevin hoping for that first pirate w but right now uh just trying to get some points on the board offensively it has been a struggle through two weeks yeah you know what it, it's hard playing an inexperienced quarterback actually two inexperienced quarterbacks um you know with with the ups and downs that we went through with Holt Naylor's throughout his career, specifically in the earlier parts of his career. Um, and you started to hear about Mason Garcia. You know, people wondered, you know, if it wasn't time for him to play. Uh, but this is year four, right? This is year four. And, you know, you, you can you can say the, the coaches haven't developed him um, all you want. But if you're year four in a program, you should have developed yourself, meaning the, the reps at practice, uh, the time in the playbook, uh, you know, three full years and then going into year four, you should be able to do everything that the starter can do uh, in, you know, in the very least of outside of gameplay. And then once getting into gameplay, obviously there's there's new experiences there with the, with the speed of play and things like that. Um, but it, it has not progressed the way I think the coaches would like, and that's why you have Alex Flynn also playing. If you had Holton Ehlers quarterbacking right now today, I think this offense is probably averaging – 21 points a game or more uh, where we sit, you know, they've got one touchdown and through two games. Uh, and that's all about the experience of the quarterback play. So they've got to get better play from that position. Uh, and I think it'll make all the other offensive positions look like they ha- haven't been as bad as they've been once the quarterback start making the right decision that one touchdown coming on a two-yard drive basically after the defense gives them the ball in a great field position so uh yet to have a long touchdown drive this season and uh kevin all i can do is ask the question uh to mike houston and i did ask it on wednesday are you planning to use two quarterbacks this week and he said if we were or weren't uh or we're not i, I wouldn't tell anybody in this room so they are keeping everything close um I, the, the way it sounds like is they're they're sticking with mason but i don't know what they're going to do when they roll out there coming up saturday three thirty. I, I mean personally people ask just like they ask you i'm sure if uh people ask me what you do i'd say go with flynn see what you got um but yeah. we'll see what they do i mean you, what, what would you do if coach monroe was on the call here yeah i think i would say go with flynn only because flynn will commit to a read and make the throw if i could just get mason to do that i'd be fine with him because he has so many tools athletically um but i, I he he misses so many reads and he just won't 
cut the ball loose and throw it. He's underthrown a lot of balls this year, and it's not because he doesn't have a big, strong arm. It's because he's second-guessing himself, and he won't commit to throwing it. And I, I just feel like it's a lack of confidence, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't know how to fix that for him. Uh, and so because you have that issue, even if you throw, you know, three, four picks a game, if you're cutting it loose and trying to make a play, people could live with that a little bit more than dropping back and, you know, looking at one person and then taking off and running. So, yeah, because of those reasons, I'd, I'd go with Flynn. And that doesn't mean that Flynn's been, you know, without fault. He's yeah. obviously thrown some picks. He's, he's, he's made some mistakes. Um, but at least he, he sees a read and commits to it and makes a throw. Yeah, and, and Kevin, yesterday, and then look, there are fingers pointing everywhere and, and probably to be deserved, but uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked, you know, Mason, we hear about this big arm, and he can really sling it. He's only thrown one ball over 20 yards this season so far and it sound and donnie said well well part of that is he's gotta he's gotta throw it he, if, if it's there throw it if we're calling for it throw it and uh it sounds like you agree with that side of it did you see that on saturday from your bird's eye view i mean listen play play one out of alex flynn what did we get <laughs> down the field over the middle yeah and it, it wasn't different offensive alignment it wasn't different defense alignment it was him seeing the read and throwing the football and and for whatever reason i mean you what was play one against uh, Michigan? Wasn't it? It was either one or two where Calhoun got loose behind the defense and Mason underthrew it by five yards or something like that. And so, yeah, you've got to you got to see the read and make the throw. And I, and, I, and and I'm seeing it from up top that there's players that are open, and and the you know the receivers aren't blameless. They got to do a better job of getting open more often, and they got to catch the ball when they are open. So certainly they take some blame. But the quarterback has got to get the ball out there and give him a chance. And I think he's just been a little bit hesitant to do that. Something I saw from my seat a couple of times on Saturday, Kevin, and I asked Donnie about this as well, and, and it is a whole operation from protection to throwing the pass to, to making the catch to, to everything in between. But we had a, a, a lot of success with the scramble drill with Holton Naylor's. Part of that was Holton was so experienced, but also the guys he was around were so experienced with Keaton, with CJ, with Isaiah, even Ryan Jones, um, you know, upperclassmen, experienced players. I did see when Mason got out, and and Donnie even said part of it, he's got to keep his head up and look upfield. But I, I just didn't see his receivers, you know, helping him out as much as they could, uh, trying to get open. Like it, when their route's over and the play's broken down, let's play some backyard football. And and I think they got to get better at that part of it too. It uh, unfortunately, Kevin, it's like uh, the hundred different directions you could point at why this thing is working right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you make some good points. I mean, scramble drill is something you learn, you know, in Pop Warner ball. When the quarterback scrambles, if he's coming to your side, you go deep. If he's coming away from you, you come back towards the quarterback and across the field and get his eye, eye line, to his vision so he can see you. And so that's that's not something that's, a, that's, a, that's route-based. That's not something that's, you know, coached up. That's just something that everybody knows to do because you got to get to where the quarterback can find you. And part of that is he basically got to keep his eyes downfield. But the other part is the receiver's got to be where he can get the ball to him and and so, yeah, it, it, the scramble drill is a big deal. Um, I love seeing him use his legs when he can, but he also can throw the football, and we want to see him complete the passes. Defensively, Kevin Pirates kept the uh, you know the team in the game, and man, it, it was really crucial in the third quarter. East Carolina started at least one drive in Marshall territory, if not two. I think they got in Marshall territory twice in a row and did a, and did nothing with it. And at that point, you're like, all right, can this defense hold on? And then you get the trick play, you get the Ali home run, and and that's all she wrote. So, it, you know, the defense isn't without fault, but played good enough for a lot of that game to get the win. Uh, what have you? seen from from Blake Carroll's guys so far this season? I love the mentality, especially against the run. I see 11 halves of the football every time the ball's handed off. 
Uh, and they did, they, you know, I think Ali had a seven or eight carries for negative yards. Like he, at one point he had like 14 carries for six yards or eight yards, something like that. And, you know, he broke the big one and it's going to happen. And, and part of that is why you need your offense sometimes picking up your defense or leading your defense. Because if we had scored on those opportunities that you say, we, the times where we got the ball in the Marshall territory, if we'd even gotten field goals or something and he ends up breaking one, you're not out of the game. Yeah. You're still in it. You know, you're still in it. They're just answering what you just did. And so you can't expect your defense to, to, to pitch shutouts all the time. Every now and then a play is going to break. You know, the trick play, you know, whatever. You you had, you had coached it up. You told the kid what to do, but he's a redshirt freshman, and he just made a mistake. Got it. The You know, the play that Ali made, he's an unbelievable back. It's going to happen. You hope to get him on the ground. Didn't work out. But that's still only 14 points. If our offense is scoring when they need to score, even if it's field goals, you're still in the game. But they, they weren't giving them points, and so they, they weren't in the game. And so defensively, I think they did a really good job. Uh, you certainly can't have missed alignments and missed assignments on big plays. You don't want to give a play over 20 yards ever in games, but it's going to happen. How difficult is that as a corner, Kevin? What do you remember about when they'd spring a trick play on you, how how disciplined you got to be, how tough it is to to know what you're doing during a normal play and then recognize, uh-oh, something, something's a little wonky here. How tough is that as a DB like yourself? Well, some some trick plays are harder than others, but this was a you know a wide receiver bubble screen. As a corner, you're not going to make a tackle for a loss on a bubble screen. That's not your job. If he catches it, fine. Let him start running downfield. You go up and make a tackle for a seven, eight-yard gain. Let the linebackers and the defensive end and those guys coming from inside, the safeties that are playing down, you know, that have rolled up, let them go run and make that play. It's your job to stay deep in your zone, specifically if you're in zone coverage. So that one shouldn't get you beat because you see a wide receiver screen, stay your butt where you are, make sure nobody else is going deep, and then go up and make the tackle. So in that scenario where the guy's faking a block and then takes off, that should never happen. But I can understand it because when I was a redshirt freshman, I probably would make the same mistake. That's why I wasn't playing. You, know, <laughs> you get on the field, you get on the field when you're more experienced and yeah. what you're doing, and we're playing younger guys, and that's what happened. Kevin Monroe joining us. It was a long one. It was one of our longest uh, fifth quarters ever, Kevin, and that came after a lengthy delay at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. So you had that thrown in uh, with your broadcast on Saturday. How did a uh, little inside baseball talk here, but how did your first broadcast with Jim Zoki go on Saturday? Uh, you know what? I thought it went great. And I, I, I like Jim. He, he, listen, he's not Jeff Charles. He's not big and boisterous and exciting and yelling on the air. And, you know, he, he doesn't give you a bunch of energy. But he's smart. He understands the game. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to set the scene. He's just a lot more calm. So he's just getting used to the way he does things versus the way Jeff did them. Uh, but I thought the broadcast went great. And, you know, he wants me to talk more. You know, he, he's like, you know more about the coaching staff. You know more about the program than I do. Do, do, you know, do your best to fill space, to fill time. Talk after every play. And so I'm, I'm learning to talk a little bit more than I did with Jeff because Jeff could carry, a, you know, a, a whole thing by, by himself if he needed to. And that's not what Jim does. He, he he lets it breathe. He lets you talk. And so I thought it went well. Um, obviously, the more games we do, the better it will be. Uh, but so far, so good. I can't remember if I was at the stadium watching it or if I was back here for the second half watching it with your former teammates in here, Kevin. But there was the ball popped up in the air, and I screamed ball out. Did you get a good ball out in on that one on Saturday? I did, I did get a good ball. <laughs> Jim said it right after me, which is weird because Jeff never did that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we both kind of yelled it. But, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I didn't even know it was my thing until you guys kept bringing it. <laughs> it is. I do, I do say it every time. I love it. That, that keep it going, man. It's probably second nature now. You don't even notice it, but uh, <laughs> I love a good Kevin Monroe ball out uh, when that ball is uh, available for the defense to pick up. All right, got App State this week, Kevin. They uh, they do what they do against North Carolina. All they do is play classic games. Apparently, and we saw another one on Saturday. So, uh, if you're taking a look at App State, and and if so, what what do you you look at from them? Yeah, you know, I have a little bit, and, you know, they, they run that stretch zone, which for people, layperson listening that doesn't know the difference between running and how you run the football, this is – it's almost like a sprint to the side they're going to. So just imagine the running back being in, being in shotgun next to the quarterback, him getting the handoff, and then every one of the offensive linemen, all five of them, sprint at an angle to the left, and the running back starts running to the left. So now the D-line and the linebackers all have to run with them and fill those gaps. And oh, by the way, if he cuts back, this might got to be backside as well. And so it's a it's a it's a trickier running style. It's harder to stop. It's harder to get used to if you've not seen it before. Luckily, it's a, a lot of schools in the FCS do it. You know, Blake Harrell kind of comes from that uh, that time period. He understands that. He also, you know, coached against App several different times. Uh, Coach Kirkpatrick coached at App, so they they they've all seen this type of offense. They all know what it's all about, and so. They've prepared for it. Uh, you know, the one thing I like to think about is, you know, people saw the amount of rushing yards they got, uh, App State got against Carolina. Well, I, if I'm being honest, East Carolina's rushing defense is much better than Carolina's. I don't care how many uh-huh. athletes they have over there. They just don't stop the run. And so I'm not worried about what they did against against Carolina. I think that the Pirates will be ready to stop this run game. Now, App State did have some success a couple of years ago against the Pirates, you know, running the football. But I think the Pirate defense has gotten a lot better over the last two years than, than they were at that point. So I expect them to be fine against this. You know, it's, it's Aguilar, the quarterback, you know, his ability to pull the ball out and run or his ability to go play action pass and make some throws. Um, he's done a great job in that role since he's been in there. They, you know, they started a different guy at the beginning of the season, Berger, I believe, and, and uh, he didn't play very well in game one. And since Aguilar came in after that, uh, he's been holding them steady. So they're a lot better with him at quarterback. Uh, so there's lots to be worried about in this offense. You know, Nate Noel is a really good running back. He's averaging almost five yards a carry, 121 yards a game. Um, so if you let them get loose, like a, like a Rashid Ali, if you let him get loose, he will hurt you. But I do feel good that this East Carolina defense will, will bottle him up and play well against the run. They just have to be good in play action as well. Kevin Monroe joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. You talk about that stretch run. A lot, I've seen it a lot over the years, but I always think back to uh, Peyton Manning and Edron James running it in Indianapolis, and uh, they were they were deadly with it uh, back then. Speaking of the NFL, Kevin, man, I can't, I hate it was the Cowboys doing it, but I, I love to see an NFC East team get blown out in prime time, and it's not my team. I've seen that so many times over the years. It was great watching that happen to the Giants on Sunday night. Well, I was just sick of hearing about how good Daniel Jones was, and how much how much better he got in the offseason, how he deserved the money that he got paid. And I was like, what had you guys seen that made you think that? He's, he's okay, but he's certainly no – I mean, I think one article I read compared him to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, man. So he was a complete deer in the headlights. You know, I, I'll say this. The Giants aren't as bad as we made them look, and we aren't as good as they made us look. So it, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, uh, It was just a perfect storm. Uh, I like to see our offense play a little bit better. Uh, I like to see the completion percentage a little bit higher, but it was a driving rainstorm most of the game. So a lot of things didn't go the way that you'd like them to. But 
How about winning 40 to nothing when things aren't going the way you'd like them to? I'll take that. Absolutely. And now a showdown with the Jets. And uh, that one took a bit of a hit with Aaron Rodgers going out week one. How about and, – and, boy, it's it's kind of good for the Bills that Rodgers is the story because, man, they blew that. They, they had uh, no Rodgers. They had the lead, and they could not put away the Jets on Monday night. But uh, Cowboys, big favorites now with Zach Wilson taking over at quarterback. Yeah, I think, you know, as you said, preseason, you're thinking, okay, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers and his comeback. This is going to be a tough game. And it still probably will be tough because I think the Jets' defense is good. You know, you know, Sauce Gardner and the kid on the other side are two good corners, so it's not going to be easy sledding for Dak Prescott. But I certainly feel a lot better about our defensive line and linebackers playing against Zach Wilson than I did against Aaron Rodgers. Kamo, always enjoy it, man. Thanks for the football chat. We'll check in with you again next week. Enjoy your weekend. And, oh, by the way, Chandler brought this up, and we even had a, a listener last time we chatted. They said, forget all this ECU football talk and everything. We want to know if Kevin Monroe has a costume picked out for Halloween. It's uh, I do. I do. It, 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 it kind of got to me late because I, I would start stressing about it because I'm like, everybody's expecting something good. And it just popped in my head a few weeks ago, so I'm I'm ready to go. And you're not you're not going to spoil it right now, right? We got to wait. Of course I not. Okay. All right. <laughs> Look, just like asking Mike Houston about the quarterbacks, I got to ask the question, even if you're not going to answer it. So, <laughs> Kevin, I uh, enjoyed it, man. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Appreciate the clip. There is Kevin Monroe joining us. Pirate Radio Live Line. Not ready to drop that Halloween costume news quite yet is hoping the Pirates can turn this thing around uh, and does think that, uh, once again, sounds like Kevin thinks East Carolina's defense is going to keep them in the game, just like they did against Marshall. Can the offense do enough to uh, to come up with some drives, some points, and uh, and win this thing on Saturday? Pirates are a dog to App State. Around eight, eight and a half points uh, right now, I believe, is the spread on that one. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Our... Uh, of Pirate Radio Live coming up at 5 o'clock. Marcus Crandall will join us. We got a giveaway. We'll hit some uh, cuts from yesterday. Hear what Mike Houston had to say when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now back to the show. Welcome back, uh, Atlantic Wireless. Uh, be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations and experience the highest standard of customer service. The purpose of the Atlantic Wireless store is to inform, illuminate, and inspire. Find the location near you at AtlanticWireless.com. Atlantic Wireless, we go beyond the call. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Jamie says, wouldn't you think if you were the worst offense in the country, the line would be more than eight points? Lines are funny that way. I mean, how many people were surprised last week 
when Marshall was a favorite at East Carolina. And then that game happens, and then the next day, the Ab State line drops, and how many people are saying, it's only eight points? It should be 28 points. So, lines are fishy, man. You never know. You're dealing with human beings. And maybe uh, maybe those... 18 and 19-year-olds as well. Also, Ab State, this was looked at... Remember, they were kind of fooling around with Gardner-Webb at the beginning of that game, and like... App State, I remember just the narrative on them. This is not a your your traditional App State team. Like they are they're a little down. Then they go out, they play that two overtime game against North Carolina, and now we we bump them up in our mental rankings. So it's it's uh, a lot of it's week to week. Like Shirley said, we're dealing with uh, some teenagers. And the problem is we just have not seen anything to get us excited on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen the flashes on defense. We have not seen those yet on offense. Let's hear what Mike Houston had to say yesterday. Just uh, got his whole Q&A. He was in a bit of a better mood yesterday. And again, I think last week when he was so spicy was because it was a million degrees. And he came in there looking like Brother Love from WWF. His face was like burgundy, maroon, red. Uh, but here's his Q&A from Wednesday. Wednesday practice is in the books. Um, thought the kids had a good day today. Uh, tough one yesterday. Very physical. Um, kids are excited about this weekend. How do you feel like you know, the energy's been this week just early on in practice? Well, I think the kids are very excited about the opportunity we have to go play this Saturday up in Boone. Um, they've been very focused uh, throughout the week. Uh, thought we had very positive energy today, so I feel like we're in a good place. Two physical games. I know you probably don't want to get into like the exact injury report, but health-wise, how do you feel like the team is you know, after two physical games? Well, we're not as, not as healthy as we were before Michigan, and uh, then again, so, neither is App. I mean, it's it's the season's. You know, that's, we talked about that before the season started. You know, as soon as you kick off that first game, you know, you're never going to be healthy. You know, as the season goes on, but that's something we got to deal with. Our kids really staying on them about, uh, you know, doing a great job with treatment and recovery, doing a great job with everything in the training room there, and um, you know, they they got to manage their bodies. And so, uh, the guys that uh, make the trip on Saturday, they'll be ready to go. Have you seen some different leadership show up from the the players aspect um, just this past couple of weeks? Uh, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, you have. It's it's a it's a mixture in our in our locker room right now. You know, you got a lot of a lot of new faces, and you got some young guys playing. You also have some guys that have played a lot of snaps, uh, and a lot of guys that have played very very well. And so, you know, I think they've uh, they've been vocal. They've been in leadership by example. Um, you know, it's yeah, that, that's the that's the thing that you hope for. And you know, I think that that's that's where those guys that have been here and played a lot, you know, have really stepped up this week. Are you planning to use two quarterbacks? This Saturday. Well, if I if I was or if I wasn't, I'm sure not going to tell anybody in this room, you know. So that's it, it, that position is no different. I said it on Tuesday or uh, at, the, at the press conference on Tuesday. That position is no different than any position in our program. In that, those kids are competing very very hard. Uh, those kids are pushing each other to, to uh, improve, and uh, and both of them are excited about this weekend. 
getting Owen Murphy back last week, he seemed to play pretty well just in his first action as a Pirates. What did you think of his play? Well, I thought I've been very pleased with, you know, when he first got injured, um, I was I was worried uh, that uh, it was going to be a while before we got him back. But uh, what I observed of him was an extremely motivated kid to get back on the field. I mean, he worked as hard as about anybody we've had as far as time in the training room and the rehab and, and probably made it back about as fast as you possibly can. Um, and I thought he did, considering the time he had had off, I thought he had a very good week last week. I thought he looked fresh at practice and, and uh, you know, really practiced pretty well. And then I thought overall for a guy, you know, with one week of practice, uh, I thought he played decent on Saturday. I haven't seen a ton of Gerald Green as far as carries go or just kind of in the offense. Is that by design or just kind of getting his legs back under him on special teams? No, I mean, you know, it's uh, – and I, I talked to him some today and, and I'll continue to talk to him. He's a, he's a very good player. Uh, we have several very good players in that room and there's a lot of competition in that room. Uh, Gerald's helping us a lot on special teams right now and there will be a time uh, this year where he's going to help us slot on offense. And, uh, and you never know what game that's going to be. Who knows? I mean, it's – it's just the experience uh, of going through seasons. Uh, you, can, you can never have enough depth because it, 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 stuff happens and you never know, you know when your time is going to come. You've got to make sure that you're ready when that time gets here. Conrad's made some field goals, missed one on Saturday. Are you pleased with that operation through two weeks so far? I think it's been, uh, I think it's been solid, uh, but now I expect him to hit that kick last Saturday. I mean, he's, he's got plenty of leg. Um, he expects to, himself to hit the kick too, uh, but I think that uh, you know there's been improvement there in that uh, in that phase as well as with the rest of our special teams. Um, so I look forward to seeing what he does this Saturday. Anything else for coach? You mentioned on the special teams aspect with Conrad, you kind of rolled out a two punter system as well last Saturday. Was that just a feel for how the game was going, or is that something to watch? That's just like just like everything else. It uh, it's based on competition and performance. All right, there is Mike Houston uh, in the Q&A from Wednesday. Uh, Jamie says, why let Name Redacted ask so many questions? Why, Jamie? Why? Because when I ask a question about two years ago when East Carolina started 0-2 and were able to get out of an 0-2 hole and Mike Houston answers that question, you complain about it. Now you're complaining about me not asking questions because name redacted is asking questions will somebody get jamie some brie some ricotta some cheddar some fresh mozzarella some parmesan some queso blanco give this man some cheese with his wine jamie which way do you want it pal you want me to ask the questions that are going to piss you off? Or do you want Name Redacted to ask the questions? Eric said, I noticed Houston's tone changed as soon as that grown man, Patrick Mason, slung a question his way. <laughs> By the way, for folks not in on that joke, Patrick Mason's like the most calm, unassuming, quiet, church mouse voice guy, but somehow we have turned him into a... Uh, this person that no coach wants to face. Don't get in the way of a, uh, a Patrick Mason question. He is ruthless. 
Chris says, dude. Do we have that? Do we have Garrett Short, even though he's dude. no longer with us? Jamie says, okay, now I just want Chandler and P-Mace asking questions. Fine, we'll send Chandler out there from now on. Chandler, our uh, special boy, will be heading to Boone this weekend to Appalachian State. It'll be Shirley and I holding down the fort with, in turn, Joey, Big Dog Glenn Griffin, Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall will be in studio during the pregame. Mully going to drop by for the watch party. Billy Weaver's a maybe for the watch party. Weave will join the crew on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show and we'll go out live to Boone several times, do a tailgate check-in with the man of Chan. Talk to David Glenn. He'll be live in Boone on Saturday. Uh, we'll hear from P-Mace live in Boone. We will uh, hear from the coordinators, the head coaches, and a whole lot more. going to be a lot of fun coming up Saturday, starting at 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And we'll be with you all day long. Watch party during the game. And, of course, the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after the game coming up on Saturday. Let's take another break. We'll come back. i uh, got some more comments to get to. I want to save some of those from, from Marcus, but... I guess we can replay and we got people going in and out not everybody is like our chat boys and hangs out the whole time so uh maybe we'll hit some dk some blake harrell oh yeah jamie's already complained about that too he doesn't want to hear donnie kirkpatrick just a just a whiner michael winstead in the house says good afternoon prl how you doing mr winstead hope you are doing well and I hope the 49ers win on Sunday because I have them week two in my survivor pool, my eliminator, my last man standing. Niners over the Rams is my pig this week. So go Niners. Take a break. Come back. More to go Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Do you want to get rid of uh, wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Or are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you on a Thursday. We had a uh, Austin from the YouTube chat and Shirley beef that went on for a while during Name That Sound. Austin had squashed that beef. I think Shirley was kind of reluctant. But... I hold a grudge for a long time. Well, it's a good thing you did because uh, Austin's choosing a little chaos here on Thursday. (sighs) All right. Austin said, Jamie has turned into a real Shirley what 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 
what? <laughs> cool whip. I guess cool whip. I guess Austin's kind of bored and just uh, is ready to start some more beef. So there you go. The Austin Shirley beef back on. It is back on. Uh, Chris says, Roro Raggy. <laughs> Tyler said, Roro Raggy. Tyler said, He's back. Wait, hey, really? Do you not have anything better to do than try to pick a fight with me? Because you know you're not going to win. I don't I, know. That's just the what. The only way you're winning is if I concede, and I don't do that. Austin's one of those people that needs a beef in his life to give him some excitement. It, it, it was with his wife, remember, early on? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, then it became with Shirley. Um, and uh, yeah, Eric says beef season two. Everybody needs a little beef in their life. Where's the beef? Where is the beef? We got a giveaway coming up, hour three. And by the way, Marcus Crandall is adding to that giveaway. Oh, is he now? He's got a, uh, a Marcus Crandall Youth Large Hall of Fame t-shirt to give away today. Wait, 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 wait. He's giving away those. Do we have Marcus Crandall t-shirts? No, we do not. I was just wondering. No, we do not. I'm just asking. But if your child wants to look cool... We've got a youth large Marcus Crandall. That is, that is, your kid's yeah, going to be looking cool. That's going to be pretty cool. So if you got a kid, like um, be ready to go in hour number three. We'll be giving that away with our normal booty bag prize here on a Thursday. All right, let's hear from host of the Power Hour and defensive end for East Carolina, Jack Powers. He spoke with the media on Tuesday earlier this week. We haven't aired this yet. So uh, let's hear that right now. Well, Jay, how have you guys kind of responded to, obviously, not an ideal 0-2 star, but you know, how are you holding things together in the locker room? Right. So I think uh, we have a 24-hour rule, so it's natural the next morning you're going to wake up and kind of have that feeling in your gut. But uh, by the time Sunday practice gets around, you got to flush it out and look forward to getting a win this week. Have any team leaders kind of stepped up and say, you know, we, we're not where we want to be, but this you know, isn't kind of the end, that sort of deal? Yeah, most definitely. I don't think the whole, anyone on the team is thinking it's near the end. Um, you know, we're a very young team. It's young in the season. So, uh, you know, we're going to get better every week, and we're just looking forward to show that. Jack, young defense, obviously, coming in with a bunch of transfers. It's early in the season, but you guys look the part. How's the preparation kind of been different from this year to last year? Hasn't changed too much, honestly. I think the coaching staff does a great job um, in kind of day-by-day showing us different things makes the preparation a lot easier so you know on a, on a Tuesday we might focus on some of the earlier downs where on Wednesday we'll look at kind of third down and stuff like that so preparation is pretty simple um, and you know I think we do a great job of it each week if y'all could eliminate like five plays in the first two games y'all getting pretty lights out so like what's the emphasis on kind of learning from those big mistakes and correcting that going forward definitely a uh, huge emphasis on just having 11 on the same page at all times um, and then along with that just being consistent so you know each play everyone has to do their job and if everyone takes care of their 111th we'll be fine special teams coverage y'all been really good I mean, you got a big hit Saturday and y'all been good in getting field position as a result of that. So is that kind of a sense of pride for you guys? Yeah, definitely. And I think we just need to keep that as an emphasis. Um, I think special teams plays a big part of the game that a lot of people don't see. So uh, I think just if we keep emphasizing that, we'll be we'll be all right. You guys are going into another hostile environment. Environment. You guys started at Michigan. How does um, how do you take away some things from that to get going this weekend? Uh, that's something I kind of noticed before the season started. Looking at our schedule, I thought that Michigan was going to be kind of a great test and eye-opening experience for some guys. 
and prepares for this week. So uh, personally, I love going into a hostile environment. I think our team responds well to that usually. So uh, just looking forward to it this weekend. What are you seeing on film from App State offensively? What is their, what's the challenge from them? Yeah, um, although I wasn't here two years ago when we played them last, um, just same things, kind of stretch, more of a run-heavy team. They'll take some shots. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. How, how does Michigan kind of prepare you for that similar kind of style, I guess? Yeah, I mean, Michigan is obviously one of the best rushing teams in the country. So uh, going against that week one and um, kind of playing physical with them, we feel like we could do that with every team. This stretch run, you kind of mentioned it's kind of bread and butter. So like how much different is that? Just kind of replicating the games Peter are trying to. I'm sure you guys will this week in practice kind of get ready for that. Right. Um, I don't think game speed is, is as much of a difference as it just like kind of the angles we're going to take, maybe some jobs that we'll have uh, within our defense. So just the, the different things that we might do for the stretch might be a little different, but at the end of the day, we're just going to be playing our defense. Offense is obviously kind of having this struggles, trying to find this identity right now. How, how do you all try and support them? You know, obviously it's a team game to try and, you know, get them uh, ready to go and get them some confidence. Right. Well, Tuesdays and Wednesdays is a huge competition day. Um, we have competition periods against the offense. So I think, um, I think we make each other better during that period. And so this week I'm looking forward for them trying to make us better and us trying to make them better. Are you guys seeing good things in practice and maybe just wondering, you know, why isn't this maybe not transitioning to games or is there, do you kind of feel like it's there? It's just some different things just need to click. Yeah, I think it's definitely there. Um, that's kind of a tricky question because obviously games, you get a lot of things that you can't practice. Um, so, I mean, in practice, I think we do a lot of positive things. And I think in the games, we do a lot of positive things. But it comes down to maybe one person having the wrong call or something like that. So uh, just cleaning up those things, which I think is normal for a young team earlier in the season. Uh, as we clean those up and we kind of mature throughout the season, I think we're going to be great. Yeah, that targeting call a couple weeks ago, ejected for it, it got reversed. How frustrating was that at the moment, but then kind of getting the good moves after, after the game? Yeah, I mean, it, it was unfortunate having to sit out uh, the rest of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, and obviously it wasn't intentional, nothing like that. So that was what was frustrating for me. It's like I wasn't going out there with the intention to do that. Um, was very happy when it got overturned, though, and I'm glad I could be out there last game for the full game. Is that just a tough spot as a player because he's you know in the air as well and you're just kind of just right just and, no man's and land. I don't think a lot of people saw but I think it was Surad was coming at my leg so that's what made it look like I launched but realistically I was trying to protect myself too um, but had my hands out in front tried to protect the both of us to the best of our abilities but it's tough when you're both going full speed. All right, there is Jack Powers got that uh, ejection and suspension rescinded. Uh, following the hit in Michigan and uh, was able to go last week and uh, hopefully has a good performance in him coming up on Saturday. A lot less questions with the defense right now than the offense when it comes to East Carolina. We will talk the about the offense coming up with Marcus Crandall in hour number three. We'll run through Donnie Kirkpatrick's press conference yesterday. Also hear from Blake Harrell and uh, get Marcus's opinion on what's going on right now with Pirate Football and Hopefully how to fix it, especially on the offensive side. Let's take a break. Hour three on tap. Marcus Crandall, a giveaway, and a lot more coming up the final hour of this Thursday show. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And uh, at the Appliances Superstore, they make buying appliances easy. It's just that simple. The Appliances Superstore has the largest selection of in-stock appliances in eastern North Carolina, which helps the customers save money every day. They, <coughs> excuse me, they offer a 12-month warranty on every appliance. Plus, they will deliver and set up your new appliances and remove your old ones. The Appliances Superstore off Highway 264 behind the new DMV, or you can shop online at appliancesuperstore.com. Remember, we make buying appliances easy at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right. Thank you, Natalie Imbruglia, bringing us back to the show. Gotta Good work, Shirley Gotta Rhodes. Sew it up. Chris and Jamie are uh, fired up to hear Torn, a live <laughs> version. I wonder what Natalie Imbruglia is up to these days. You know, she used to be a soap opera star. And I then was she turned, not aware of she that. Was, uh, I believe she's Australian. She's 48 years old. Yep. God, we're all old, aren't we? Yeah, we're very old. From Sydney, Australia. All right. Let's welcome in our guest, Marcus Crandall. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I, I'm, I'm older. I'm older. <laughs> We're all older and wiser. Older. And wiser. Yes, yes. Are you getting tired of this room yet, Marcus? Oh, no. We spend a lot of time in man, here. I love this room. You love this room? I love it. I it, love it. it means football. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, and we will be back here Saturday. Marcus will be on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll be with you during the game for a watch party presented by Celsius. So you can hang out with myself, Jason Nichols, our buddy Mully going to uh, come by and hang out, I believe, too during that watch party and uh then the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show uh jason marcus myself billy weaver gonna be a long fun day and hopefully uh marcus can get a w and missing out on one of those Man, for a while that would be very nice yeah. if we could pull out a w in app state or in boone in boone north carolina so uh we're gonna get into the donnie kirkpatrick presser from yesterday marcus and i want to get your thoughts on everything he had to say but i don't know you've had a chance to to i guess think about it uh regurgitate the zero and two start what's been going on wrong with the offense so far I, what can we do to pull ourselves out of this hole big picture here right now offensively i mean i mean big picture man i think um we definitely need to um make some big plays i think that's going to be one of the keys to our success on offense um i don't, I don't think we've um thrown the ball down the field enough uh, the stat shows that Mason Garcia's thrown the ball over 20 yards one time so far this season. Yeah. And then I think Flynn's came in and, and done it more than that. <laughs> he did it immediately <laughs> on Saturday. Right, absolutely. So uh, so definitely, wh- whomever's that quarterback, um, we're definitely going to have to take our shots down the field. And uh, one, of, one of my key notes in, in, in conjunction with that is I think we're going to have to have like five more plays over 20 yards uh, to, to kind of flip the field. Uh, give our offense a, a little momentum, and uh, and of course, uh, when that happens, it, it gives the defense momentum as well. As far as you know, just getting excited and possibly flipping the field on on the offensive side of the ball, getting into um, into scoring territory and all those things, and then um, then we got to put six up, man. We got to put six, get, get six, G six. We got to get six, and uh, when we're down in those areas, uh, we can't get stopped. We got to find a way to get the ball into the end zone some way, somehow, 
or another uh, because, again, that's going to build the momentum up for the defense and special teams and all those things kind of go hand in hand when you put points on the board outside of three points. Yeah, even when the offense sputtered the previous few years, we had a big play in us, whether it be Keaton Mitchell. Holt Naylor's had some big play with right. big plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead across the board. That has been lacking through two weeks here. Got to find. And who are our big play guys? That's I mean, right. I don't want to anoint a freshman as our biggest playmaker right now, but from what I've seen so far, I think Javius Bond is our best explosion play guy right now. I want Jalen Johnson to step up and be that. Josiah Hatfield's done in the past. Need him to be consistent. He had the catch um, on Saturday night, but hey, let's do that earlier in the game. Let's uh, let's take it to the end zone. Let's. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I haven't seen it from the guys helping out these quarterbacks so far. You're right, and um, I'm going to give the receivers a little bit of a pass, just a little bit, only because of the weather. Uh, the inclement weather uh, obviously played a factor in um, you know some of the drops, but you know their their offense or um, when we talked about last week, their offense contended with the same thing and uh, sure. they, they had to overcome the the missed drops or the drops and all of that as well. Um, but yes, Jalen and uh, Hatfield they they're going to have to. Um, definitely step up and make some plays this week and hopefully the weather is good for us um i I think that's going to happen at some point um you know i think they raved about them before we're talking about jalen johnson raved about them before the uh the season started here and uh, we're all just waiting in anticipation of you know that breakout game even though it's only been two but we're still waiting for that those opportunities to uh, for him to shine, so to speak, and um, and show what it, show what he has, and and what the coaches have seen in him so far. Shirley, uh, can we get to Donnie Kirkpatrick here? Cut one. Donnie was asked, "How is the offense bouncing back after a couple of poor performances?" Cut one. Well, we we uh, we won't know until Saturday. I mean, because you know practice is 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 great, but it's not got anything to do with the game as far as the results. So we we won't know. But we got to get going. We know that. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of things we can do better. I think it starts. We just quit beating yourself, making the game so hard. I mean, we, we, we start last week's game. First thing is somebody kicks the cord out of the headset, so we have no communication down to the bottom. So that didn't help anything probably. Uh, but, you know, we have an illegal procedure, first play. You know, defensive guys make a move call, which everybody does. Our defense does it every day. We, we hadn't jumped in two years, I don't think, on something like that. And, you know, we, we jump. And then – First third down, uh, we're running freeze play, and we got two receivers run downfield. So we just just kept beating ourselves, you know, making it hard. And when you're not playing good, you know, that's the last thing you, you want to do. You'd like, like to get some penalties on them, but we just had a lot of penalties. I know we had a lot of penalties as a team as well. I thought we hung in there. That's the good thing is we settled down, I thought, started to play well, got ourselves back in the game, actually had the lead. I thought we should have had a bigger lead. You know, I'd like to see us execute a little bit better there. Uh, and then, I don't know, penalties again. You know, we had that one drive. We had a first down, and we had a holding penalty. Then we had a hands-to-the-face penalty. Then we got a holding penalty. So we just self-destruct right now. So a lot of the concentration's been on keep playing hard, stay juiced up because you want them excited, but let's calm down on the other end a little bit and quit making so many mistakes, you know, just self-imposed mistakes, things that they don't have anything to do with. 
All right, there's Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, cut one, cut two. We talked about it earlier. Got to get some plays down the field. Garcia's only thrown one pass over 20 yards so far this season. What needs to happen to get him throwing downfield more? Cut two. Well, some of it he needs to throw it. You know, uh, like I say, against Michigan, we had Jalen open for, you know, going to be a 50, 60 yard deal. Now he got hit. You know, we didn't pick the twist up. And then, uh, really, on the first play of the game, he should have thrown it. He didn't. He didn't throw it. So, uh, you know, you, you, you got to protect better, or you don't have time to let them get down there. You know what I'm saying? That, that's part of it. But it's just been kind of what I call a typewriter. And I don't. I said that to our kids the other day, and nobody knew what a typewriter was. So that wasn't a very good example, I guess. But you know, the keys used to just hit, 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 hit. It's okay. We 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 protect well. We make a wrong read. We don't throw it to the right guy. Okay. Then we come back, make the right read. The guy drops the ball. Okay. Then you know we're maybe we're going to catch it and throw it to the right guy. Then we don't protect. So it's just been different things, and that's what drives you crazy as a coach. Because if it's just one thing, you can fix that. Or if it was just one player, you can say, okay, well it's time for somebody else to play. It's just not been that. So we do want to throw it down the field. He does have a big arm. I I, I mean I, I don't need to prove that he does. We just need to get it thrown. Probably, if you get the running game going a little bit more, it would be a little easier to get play action pass. Play action pass is the easiest way to throw the ball down the field. So it's just a uh, it's been a bad cycle right now. Uh, we have played two good teams, uh, two teams that win a lot of games, two teams that are very good on defense. You know, Michigan looked pretty good. They gave up seven this week to, to, to another team. And, you know, Marshall was a team that, seventh in the nation total defense last year and I think they're every bit as good they, they seem to think they are too it's a team that went to Notre Dame beat Notre Dame you know so you play good teams you got to play better and and it, that's that's really what I think we got to do is just quit beating ourselves making the game so hard and then we got to get some guys making some plays so yeah hopefully we can get that called we, we've had guys running down the field and we haven't gotten it thrown but not enough I don't think we need to get it called more okay all right, call it more, and when it is called, make the throw. And when the throw's made, make the catch. I, that It doesn't make me feel any better just hearing all the issues right now uh, with this passing game, Marcus, because he said it's a, kind of across the board, the issues right now. Yeah, and that's the thing that you're going to get offensively with any team and then especially with a younger team, inexperienced team. Uh, but uh, I, I think um, – one of the things that uh, another thing that I have on my on my list of what we need to do from the quarterback position is, uh, and he alluded to it in regards to we got the pressure, and uh, he got hit a couple of times when we had the deep balls. Uh, one of my things is uh, we got to test the pocket threshold, meaning uh, the quarterback has to stand in the pocket and make that throw at some point of time because that's what all quarter great quarterbacks stand in the pocket at times. And make the throw down the field, or even intermediate passes, right? Uh, to to you know, it, it builds up their toughness. Um, of course, we got to get better up front to hold that and and uh, build that umbrella, so to speak, uh, to protect the quarterback, keep the rain off of them. Uh, but uh, but at the same time, they're not going to be perfect up front. They're not going to be perfect, and uh, we have to be able to understand with growth that uh, you know when to step in and, and stand in that pocket and make that throw down the field so we can get a get a big play. We got a smaller sample size with Flint at this point. I understand that, but that long pass he did make, he got popped because he, he stayed hit. in the pocket absolutely and, and took the hit and made the throw. You think Garcia is maybe getting out a little early, a little too early? I, I do. I, I sense that. Uh, well, we saw it. We yeah. saw it a couple of times, and so uh, until he matures in that way in regards to learning how to feel 
another rush and when to get out and all those things, I think he's going to have more issues. Uh, we definitely need it because the offensive line, uh, they're, they're the group that uh, lacks continuity uh, in regards to playing together. They haven't played only two games together so far. And so that group, man, it, it takes a lot of reps for one. Uh, and just a lot of uh, communication and, and just bonding with each other with each other to uh, get things right up there up front. And he makes the comment about, hey, if we can run the ball better, set up play action, our pass game will be better. I mean, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. If if you have no threat of a passing game, teams are going to key in on that run, and it's going to make it even tougher to run the football. So it, it's almost like East Carolina needs to show they can do something, anything through the air before they can get this run game going. I'd love for them to go out and, and get it going early, but if I'm App State, why would you not stack the box at this point? If you're App State, you're playing to run. Yeah. Just like our defense. Sure. Right? Our yeah. defense has done an outstanding job uh, against a run, and they're going to have to do that again this week uh, because that team had over, I believe, uh, 200 yards rushing last week, and uh, we're going to have to do it, step up and do it again. But our our guys, yeah, I, I do think we're going to have to use the, use the pass throw the football down the field or a quick game or whatever it is uh, to get the defensive line kind of off kilter, so to speak, in regards to whether we're going to throw a pass. Uh, but if if they stack the box, box and we, we try to line up and run the football, it's going to be a long another long day for the Pirates. All right. Trying to diagnose the uh, ECU passing woes. Let's get to another part of it, the receivers. I asked Donnie, because I thought I, I saw this with my own eyes on Saturday, wanted his take on it. So many big plays in the scramble drill in previous years with Holt Nailers, with Keaton Mitchell, with CJ Isaiah. Haven't seen that this year at all. And I thought I saw the receivers really not helping out Mason Garcia enough on Saturday. I asked him, uh, do the receivers need to pick that up when the play breaks down? Cut three. Yeah, you know, and we work scramble drill every week, and that's a big part of, of, of who we've always been, uh, everywhere I've been, not just, just here. Uh, we, we haven't made any plays off the scramble in the throwing game. Now, Mason had several scrambles last week. You know, he ran the ball for 100 and some yards, I guess. Uh, some of those were called runs. Some of those were, were scramble-type deals. Uh, one of them, he actually should have thrown it, and he didn't throw it. But if you don't throw it and you get fooled, you're taught to then run the play that if you'd have handed it off to the run back. And he did that, and that was the long run that we had right there. So, uh, yeah, we got to get somebody free. And, that, that you know, when defenses play you tight and they play you super aggressive, they are then more accessible to, to the big play sometimes. That's what happens to you. Guys that just are super aggressive, always up on you, always overplaying everything, you know, quarterback scrambles, then they get beat, you know, because they're overplaying the routes. And we, we, we need to do that. We need to do that. We just haven't been able to do that. Now, some of that, he needs to keep his eyes up. He maybe could have made a throw. But, if you know, if you can run it, you run it. All right. Did hit a, a big run play, as he said, out of the uh, the scramble drill, but not in the – he said they hadn't hit any in the passing game yet. And he did put part of that on the quarterback, keeping your eyes up. But, Marcus, uh, that's uh, that's kind of football 101, man. Not every play is going to go as designed. you got to go make some plays out there. Man, the, the coordinators, they can draw it up. X's and O's on the board. Every play is designed to score a touchdown. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> when I was the offensive coordinator, man, I, I call a play. Hey, we draw it up on the board. Let's go score. It's a beauty. Let, let's find, uh, run hey, it. Let's yep. find that end zone, man. But 
like you said, it, it doesn't happen that way. And that, that's being realistic. We coach it up that way, hat for a hat and all those things. But uh, defense gets uh, paid or, or they're on scholarship too or working for a scholarship or whatever. Uh, they, they do those things to uh, to show and prove that they can uh, they belong out there. And so what, I, what I've seen uh, in the previous two games is that, you know, even when we get outside the pocket, we have to have a different mindset. We have to have a mindset of, I'm going to get out of the pocket. Now I'm going to get north and south, meaning I'm just going to go downhill and, and attack the line of scrimmage. That way I am putting pressure on the defense in regards to whether I'm going to run or I'm go- am, I, am I going to pass. Mm-hmm. So, But if I'm going straight to the sidelines, mm-hmm. those guys are just going to plaster our receivers and, and there's no way to throw the football. And so uh, we have to do a better job of attacking the line of scrimmage when we get outside. So there's even an art to chaos when oh, things break a- down. Absolutely. Uh, how, there what, is. And you coached uh, – how about as a quarterback – and man, it's got to be fun when you have that connection with your receivers, and when you get to the backyard football. Maybe not for these inexperienced guys on ECU right now, but back when you played. So, how much did you practice that? And, and you mentioned some of the key things there, but how much fun was that scramble drill part of it? You know, in different places, it's different because last year I didn't really have any guy that scrambled, so mm. kind of coached up um, uh, buying time, buying right. time for the receivers and moving around. I uh, used the Joe Montana. Um, uh, kind of a comparison. Uh, guys, find a way to find a lane to throw the football, give ground a little bit here and there, and give our receivers a chance. A little to, Peyton to Manning play. shuffle kind of a- thing. Absolutely. Not really exactly. running, but yeah. exactly right. And so um, you find a way to make that throw and um, and give time for receivers to get open. Uh, but when you do have the scramble drills, it's, it's fun because. Um, there's a lot of coaching involved. Uh, every, again, every coach has their different ways of, you know, how guys are going to come back to the football, who's yeah. going to go deep, and all those things. And um, Kevin Monroe said earlier, Marcus, um, when the quarterback is going to is on your side, go deep. If the quarterback is on the other side of you, run to the quarterback. Right, to the quarterback. That, that, that was kind of his scramble drill 101, mm-hmm. maybe from a, a defensive perspective, what to look out for. I thought that is that pretty much the way it goes oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely uh, or you know last year because we didn't have anybody that can get out of the pocket so to speak i just had all guys come back to the ball <laughs> yeah help out <laughs> make, your quarterback well yes yeah. absolutely help your point guard help your yeah, guard. come absolutely. to the ball like, come to the ball yeah. but but you still have to be aware of the guy that's um in your area right so if if, if you can't be in the same area because that that confuses the quarterbacks and uh give the defense a, an advantage as well so you got to find that lane uh, find when you have older guys, veteran guys, um, leadership in regards to you know finding the spots and uh, knowing when to sit down, where to sit down, and all those things. It helps out. All right, let's take a break, Shirley. Uh, we'll see if we can get you some assistance. Shirley's trying to go video and audio, and uh, got the audio going. That's good, but you can't see Marcus and I's pretty faces right now. Oh, the Chan Man has returned from his voyage so uh, we'll see if we can get the video going but we got more to go pirate radio live here on a thursday got a great giveaway including a marcus crandall hall of fame t-shirt it is youth size large so if you got a kid that wants to look cool wearing the crandall five uh be sure you call in when we tell you to coming up later on this hour more to go pirate radio live back with you after this Your heart is full. 
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University SportswearENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall School Board presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Hey, yeah. Uh, tonight, Eagles and Vikings. Eagles a favorite, so the Vikings trying to avoid an 0 2 start and not falling in a hole. The Lions, week two, are favorites against the Seahawks and. Uh, the Bears are 0-1, but the Packers also won in Week 1, and they are taking on the Falcons on the road. So Vikings trying to pick up their first win of the year could fall uh, in a little hole there in the north where they dominated a season ago. Uh, Marcus, uh, enjoyed watching some football with you on uh, Sunday over at Tiebreaker. Yeah, that was, fun. that was awesome, man. That was fun. And uh, looking at... See, picking out the best game from each window. One o'clock window. I think the best game is Chiefs at Jags. Kind of a, a show me game. If you're the Jags, uh, do you have what it takes to to knock off a team like Kansas City? And for KC, they're all seeing if Travis Kelsey is going to be back, and uh, they can get that offense going. Tomorrow. Man, <clears throat> Travis Kelsey is huge to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's uh, it's one of those situations where man. Um, the receiver makes the quarterback better and the quarterback makes the receiver better, so to speak, right? And, um, man, I think that definitely showed for the Kansas City Chiefs last week in regards to Kelsey is that that security blanket for <laughs> for Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, whenever he needed to play, needs to play, he, he, he's gone to him in the past, right? Find, find a way to get him the ball and uh, he makes plays and makes people miss. Uh, you know, he has that um, that uh, that I don't know what you call it, that that slow-mo getaway or uh, elusiveness or yeah. whatever you want to call it, but um, he, he's he's deceiving. He's de- very deceptive in his um, his jukes, so to speak, and uh, able to get away and make some big plays. But uh, the Jaguars, man, great to see uh, Zay make man, those play plays. of the day. Oh, absolutely, man. That was a great catch and uh, uh, in the end zone there and, and catching that ball and securing it to the ground. That, that was the main thing. I think they're going to be in some wild ones this year. They have the offense to put up points. They also, Trevor can make a mistake here and there. So they're going to be a fun team to watch, I think, either way. Uh, best Chris, game. Chris Jones is back, I believe. For the Chiefs, yeah. The Chiefs, that's big. Yeah, big that, for them. That's huge for them as well. Um, best game in the 4 o'clock window. The most interesting game is going to be probably Dallas-New York to see how, you know, Dallas is not 40 to nothing good every week probably, but they're going to be really good. And then how do the Jets look without – Aaron Rodgers, which they played a full game pretty much without him anyway. But I think the best game, most competitive game, could be Commanders at Broncos. Commanders 1-0, Denver 0-1. Denver favored by 3.5. But uh, Chase Young, a full participant at practice today. Jerry Judy practice today for Denver. So you get a couple of studs there to make this game even better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Chase is going to join those guys up front with uh, Sweat and those guys who did an outstanding job, man, last week. Came up big. Quarterback, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, making a lot of plays. And, um, you know, I think he's just going to add to that, right, in giving his uh, his potential. And then on the other side, you know, you have, man, whew, Jerry Judy, when you talk about receivers and quarterbacks, I mean, he's a big part of, 
you know, uh, their potential success for this year. I think he's going to be needed in order for the Broncos to be successful this year for sure. Sunday night, when the Dolphins are healthy and clicking, they are the most fun team to watch in the NFL. 466 yards for Tua last week. Throw into Tyreek, throw into Waddle throwing more to Tyreek a lot of Tyreek yes uh they take on the Patriots coming up Sunday night and uh Marcus these Dolphins man they are fun to watch can the uh the the wizard that is Bill Belichick slow this offense down on Sunday night you know what he always finds a way I think uh and I think one of his ways is to stop Tyreek (laughs) you know I think uh if he stops heel I think um which I'm not sure why that didn't happen last week in regards to man that guy starts to make catch after catch and, and uh starting beating beating uh single coverage you know snap after snap you got to find a way to uh, take that guy out of the game and i think uh bill is going to do that in regards to uh he, he's done it in the past and uh he's, he's going to find a way to take your best weapon away from you and make the other people beat you and so um We'll see if that's going to happen because he still has that speed. <laughs> and uh, and Tua, man, exceptional job by him as well. Uh, kind of did some of the things that we talk about with our quarterback at, in, in the position in regards to um, you know stepping up into the pocket mm-hmm. and then making that big throw down the field. I think that's going to be huge for him, even if they get that um, blanket coverage over him. Uh, coming up Monday night, doubleheader starting at 7.15 with Saints at Panthers and then Browns at Steelers on ABC. After that, a Monday night doubleheader. Did you see the Browns uh, going with the white jerseys, Marcus? Did you see that on social media? No, I didn't. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about them. Let's see. Uh, they are – and and really the most shocking thing is the helmets. Oh, man. The, uh, the white helmets. So – uh, that picture makes them look very Bengals-ish. It doesn't look very brown. It looks black almost. Um, this, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Steelers just because of this uniform. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Marcus, uh, Marcus was a big told-you-so guy on Sunday. He was not feeling the Steelers this year. I, th- I thought the offense would have an uptick year two of Pickett and Pickens and those guys, <laughs> Najee and, uh, and Marcus. Just last week when we were talking about playoffs and everything, you said Steelers are the odd man out in that AFC North. At least for one week, you are correct, sir. Yeah, but, it's a long ways to go, man, yeah. but I, I think they have too many picks on their team but but, uh, I I think uh, this team I think um, and and we've talked about it before this game in regards to I think their problems started a long time ago uh, with uh, Le'Veon Bell and um, Ben Roethlisberger uh, possibly playing a little bit too long and then I I think um, uh, Le'Veon Bell was a very important piece to to their run game and just he's just he was just that unique type of back to where you know, he pressed a hole and just kind of sit there, and and uh, next thing you know, he's popping out the back end of it and uh, making some plays. But uh, they still have a great running back in Harris, but um, a little bit different. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, that's a big one coming up. Browns looking to get to two and zero, uh, and the Steelers trying to avoid zero and two. All right, let's uh, let's get another break in, and Shirley, let's open up the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, you're going to have to come pick this one up because we're going to throw... What are you throwing into the the booty bag today, Shirley? Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Why don't give I do away, a shrimp taco away, lunch courtesy of Chico? Shrimp taco lunch and a Marcus Crandall Hall of Fame Youth Large T-shirt. That is a beaut, and your kid will be looking good in that. 
Uh, we were looking Can't for. Right I know nobody can I, see I it, it up. right now. Caller number what, Charlie? Twelve. Caller 12, 317-1250. Chico's and a Marcus Crandall Hall of Fame t-shirt can be yours if you are caller number 12. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Fifth Street uh, Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room is your favorite place in downtown Greenville for lunch, dinner, or drinks with friends. Uh, friends, rather, I should say. Uh, Fifth Street serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10.30 on Saturdays and Sundays. You can follow Fifth Street on Instagram for the latest events and specials. Fifth Street Hardware and uh, Restaurant and Tap Room right beside the State Theater in downtown Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Alabama at South Florida this weekend. And I just saw something on TV that would have uh, driven Pirate fans nuts that we would have to talk about for an hour. Watching CBS Sports HQ, and it said, "What will? How will Alabama improve in tune-up game against South Florida?" Ooh. And then it's underneath it. It said, "Alabama Ole Miss next Saturday." So like that. that looking ahead. Yeah, like that. <laughs> we're not the only ones this happens to. Uh, no tune-up game. No, we're not. No. So. What are we called? Cupcake layup. Cupcake. Tune up. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, let's win a game and 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 we'll have something to talk about. Right now we're looking at 0-2, Marcus, and trying to yeah. get out of that hole. We'll be with you four hours before the kickoff on Saturday, eleven thirty on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Watch party coming up, presented by Celsius during the game, and then after the game, the US Sailor fifth quarter call in show. Let's hear more from Donnie Kirkpatrick. I, uh, I brought up the phrase, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. And I said, is that Alex Flynn right now? Just uh, ready to go in case his number is called? This is cut four, Shirley. You know, he's, he's an amazing, amazing young man. I know that. Uh, you know, he's a 4.0 student, already graduated. He was the student of the college in exercise science. That's a hard major, you know, going to go to med school, you know. So hopefully someday he'll do something for me there med school wise i try to be nice to him he's now working on an mba he's making straight a's in that as well so he'll own his own practice you know someday as well i wish i could introduce my daughter to him you know he's that he's that kid he really is you know that guy uh so i, I he you know the other last week's just a great example uh he hadn't thrown a football you know like really warmed up warmed up you know, since guy we had the rain delay, so it'd really been a long time. And he goes in first play, threw the ball down the field, hit the post route. You know what I'm saying? So we, the play was called. The play's been called before. That wasn't the first time we put that play in. They got we got the right coverage. That helps. Sometimes we, we've been getting a lot of uh, different coverages, and throws it, and you know, Sai made a good catch right there too. And he got drilled. I mean, he took one to the chops right there, too. So, yeah, you think, like, wow, that's a great guy coming out of the bullpen right there. And uh, now I, he knows he's got some things he needs to do better, too, because I thought we could have could have hit some other guys that we missed. Uh, but uh, he, he's a nice thing to have. You know, he is, and he is a team player. And so 
you know, coach can talk more about how we're playing the quarterbacks because that's really what the head coach gets paid to do, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm glad we got both of them. Right now we need both of them. I would like for one of them to separate, just take this thing over and become a great player. But, you know, I also wished a lot of other things in life that you don't always get what you want. You, you, you know, you just get what you earn, I guess. So we just keep trying to work at it and hopefully somebody will start playing, you know, consistently good. Because both of them have played good in spells. Both of them have not played good enough, you know, in spells. And, and really that's my job, to get them to do that. I know that. I take total responsibility. All right, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick there, and uh, a lot of people went nuts when we tweeted out the the line where he's talking about Alex and says the the head coach you know makes the call who who goes out there and starts. That's a uh, uh, he gets the money to to make those decisions, and everybody's like, "Whoa, Donnie's throwing Mike Houston under the bus!" <laughs> Everybody freaks out. I mean, did you take anything away from that, Marcus? I mean, I mean, ultimately, it's the truth. It's pretty obvious, it, right? It's the truth, yeah. absolutely. And um, you know, we're just glad that uh, we're in that situation where we do have two guys that we can uh, kind of choose from, so to speak. Man, it, it's it's much tougher when you have, you know, a guy out, and uh, you know, you only got one guy, so to speak, in in regards to injuries and all those things that could happen throughout the course of a, a season or game uh so we we're in a good situation there but uh but yeah i mean definitely um it is the head coach's decision ultimately man and um you know um you know throughout the course of a game if a player isn't uh, playing up to par you know the offensive coordinator may have a little bit more say in all those things uh based on you know uh, for me, if a, if a guy's not seeing the field the way we're calling the plays and all those things and missing the throws, uh, most importantly, if you're not going the right place with the ball, uh, that that's that's the problem number one, and uh, yeah. and so we definitely need to address that situation. How about position groups, Marcus? Because I want to say Jason has re- referenced like if I send a running back in, so wide receiver coach uh running backs coach are they sending those guys in and out or is that a head coach or does that change depending on the staff you're on and everything it, it does depend on the staff uh, and how much staff you have true <laughs> i yeah. know yeah because um, when you're when you're short of staff like us is it's uh sorry like um i was last year yeah. you had you know the running back coach take care of it and the receiver coach take care of theirs and uh you know, at times I, you know, I had to, you know, monitor some guys or whatever. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Whatever the, the situation is. But, but from a, like an but ECU from, standpoint, but from an ECU standpoint, uh, yes, I, I think uh, you you go through those things throughout the week as, in regards to uh, how are you going to play your running backs by quarter? Uh, you know, are they going to get three reps and who's going to get those three? Uh, sorry, three series, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, and then the next series, and you you, you plan those things out. Uh, before the game and then when the game comes you try to stick to that plan and then kind of feel out how the game is going according to your plan all right and just because uh jamie loves it so much let's hear one more donny K- uh, kirkpatrick cut i asked him if javius bond uh if he trusts javius bond enough to start adding more to the true freshman's plate this is cut five Absolutely. I totally, totally trust him. Each week we're putting more more on him, trying to get him in the game a little bit more. You know, I, I'd said last week, I guess, to the ESPN guys, I didn't know he was going to tweet it out so that the other team could read it. So that was a rookie mistake by me. Uh, I need to learn to lie in those meetings a little bit. Because you know, y'all know I'd never lie to y'all. But uh, 
I'd said we got to get him the ball more. And I don't know, he got it seven times, I think, maybe again. You know, I meant more than that. Now, you got to move it or they take it away from you. They don't let you keep the ball unless you keep making first downs or something like that. So we got to we got to have some productivity. We did get 70-some plays after getting 59 the, the week before, but we still got to get more productive plays. And uh, he, he surely is somebody I think he, we know he can do it. And I trust him, too. He totally knows. He, he's not your average freshman, that's for sure. He's way beyond well, that's good to hear. Now let's uh, let's get them rolling. Let's find some things. Uh, some I, I still go back to Sunday when we're watching NFL, and Jason Nichols is a Falcons fan, and they throw a screen to Bijan, <laughs> uh, the talented rookie, and he scores. And I thought he was celebrating because uh, Atlanta scored a touchdown on the Panthers, but he's saying that's what I'm talking about. Get the playmakers the ball in space. The Be formation. creative. The four, yeah. Formation. Do some some creative stuff here to, to get your guys the ball. Yeah, with uh, Beijing, I think uh, they they put him in the slot or whatever, and uh, and then threw the ball to him in a, on a screen, a bubble screen, and uh, you, you saw what he did. He had one of the best plays of the of the weekend. In regards to uh, making guys miss and then getting them in, into the end zone, um, I, I think um, you know. Of course, it, it is that, that's that uh, that challenging factor in regards to how much do you give a freshman, right? In the uh, in in regards to is he going to soak it all up or is it just going to go in one year and right out the other? And so those are the things that as a coach. You got to try and monitor, uh, see how well he picks things up, yeah. uh, how quickly he can pick thing, pick things up, and and, uh, and be able to apply it to the field, and then in game situations. All right, let's hear a little Blake Harrell. Uh, Blake Harrell was on the sidelines on Saturday. Um, Marcus, uh, well, we'll hear the cut, and then I'll ask you. Uh, he was also asked, was he on the Michigan sideline as well? Week one, cut one. No, I think uh, I was in the box at Michigan. It's just been a while, you know. I think the last time I was on the field was uh, during COVID, and uh, Dowdy Ficklin's a little bit different when it's not COVID. We had a, a special crowd last week, and you know, the boneyard was packed, and I just really appreciate the fans showing up and showing out for that, and that's that's what makes this place so special. But yeah, I was on the field, just kind of, you know, wanted to get down there and get a little bit, you know, different feel for the game, look at players in the eyes, and just really enjoyed it down there for, for some parts of it. And you know, I'm not sure which way I'll be this week. It may be a, a week by week thing, game by game, but. I think there's advantages to both. You know, when you're up top, you you have you know you can see everything. You can see the whole game. When you're down below, you can look the guys in the eyes, kind of get a feel for them, and and they feed off of you. You feed off of them. Kind of the energy kind of goes hand in hand. And and I thought it went that way. You know, really well for about uh, 60 snaps. You know, obviously there's some things in those first 60 snaps you got to clean up. Um, you know, we we punched the ball out down there, backed up, and, and had an opportunity for a few other turnovers. Uh, I think Omar Rogers crossed the middle. Rob Raw had an opportunity, so we got to take advantage and capitalize on those uh, and clean up the penalties in those first 60 snaps. But just the effort we played with and the energy we played with uh, was really good. You know, I think we played 70 snaps total. Uh, 61 was was uh, one we really, really got to clean up with our eyes. Just had some dirty eyes there and and kind of kind of broke us really, to be honest. And then uh, you know, turning back around and, and getting ready to go three and out and had, had another mishap. And, they end up in the, in the box again. So I think, uh, you know, we got to turn the last 10 snaps of the game into domination and finishing the way we want to finish and really turning it up right there. And, and I think we'll, we'd be a lot happier this week. All right, box versus sideline, Marcus. Uh, 
as a, i guess offensively you, you need your guy up there so he can see everything right i mean do you have a preference on your coach being on the the side of the field and as a coach would you rather be on the in the box or on the field again i think every coach is different yeah um and in and I think uh, a lot of it has to do with um, your leadership on the field uh, in regards to or on the sidelines. Uh, you know, whether it's in between play, in between series, or uh, during the course of your series while you're while the defense or offense is out there on the field, um, it, to be able to um, to command those guys and get what you want from them. Uh, because if you're on the field, you're going to have those hands-on experiences, right? Uh, you're going to be able to go to your quarterback and say, "Hey, this is what I see. This is what happened that last play, so to speak." And then, in the, or or all of them as a group, right? You have that ability. Um, when you're in the box, you don't have that, right? And so we talked about this earlier and uh, a couple of weeks ago, whatever. Uh, when you're in the box, it, it it's limited. You, you're talking to one guy, right? And then you got to get everything communicated. You're talking to the coaches. Uh, they got to go and talk to their their uh, uh, their groups in regards to relaying the message. Uh, so it, it really depends on the coach and how he feels. Uh, I think you do get a better feel for the game and seeing the game up mm-hmm. top in the box because you see everything. <laughs> and uh, But it's like playing the quarterback position, man. One, one of the things that I teach quarterbacks uh, when we first, you know, start on the field is, uh, you know, you get – uh, stand behind someone, right, as if you're in a pocket, and then you remove yourself, you stick, take a step back, and then you take another step back. The further you get back, the the your QB vision gets wider, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're able to see the field a little bit better. Same thing if for being up top. Uh, but what you lose is perception, right? <laughs> Things look different up there than they do down there sure. on the field. Marcus Crandall joining us. Um, let's take a break a little. Uh, here's some trivia for you, Chandler. You might be a little too young. Don't worry about the video. That ain't happening. Here's your trivia. You ready? So, I saw on Twitter they were talking about a 1980 NFC divisional playoff game between the Vikings and the Eagles, the matchup tonight. After spotting the touchdown underdog Vikings to a 14-0 lead, Philadelphia roared back 31-16 win. Who was the head coach of the Eagles that day? He later went on to win a Super Bowl about 20 years later and also coached the Chiefs later in his coaching career. Who was that coach? Is that not Andy Reid? No, no, no. Wait, no, wait, no, what, no, what no, year? No, no, no. <laughs> Co- so he coached the Eagles in 1980. 80. Okay. He won a Super Bowl with a different NFC team around 20 years later. Okay. And then also coached the Chiefs late in his career. Is it... Do you know it, Marcus? Is it Jeff? No. All right. Um, he was a big crier. He liked to cry. Oh, is it uh, Ryan? No. no. It begins with a D. It does begin with a D. First name begins with a D. And his name is... Uh, last name is an R? Dick Vermeule. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that you would never got that. Nah. You know who Dick Vermeil is? Yeah, I do. I okay. didn't know who that is, but I, I, I didn't think of him. <laughs> a younger Dick Vermeil oh, yeah. in That's 1980. Right. Uh, we saw him later in his career win it with the Rams and uh, coach the Chiefs as well. All right, and, we'll. And you said a crier. 
That's yeah, true. he was just uh, he he showed his emotions outwardly, publicly. Yeah, he did. He uh, he cried quite a bit, and uh, people loved him. Yeah, his team, uh, his, his players he loved. Showed him. his emotion, man. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you know you get that perception of football is a hard man or a big man sport or whatever. Right. Man, when you lose games and you care for people, man, it uh, it's hard to keep those emotions intact. Scott. Got it right, Dick Vermeil. I still remember the uh, the quarterback that got hurt for the Rams was former Redskins quarterback Trent Green. And I remember that press conference where Dick Vermeil said, we will rally around Kurt Warner. I'm like, who's Kurt Warner? What do you mean, rally around Kurt Warner? Uh, we found out who found he was. Who was. <laughs> we know who he is very, now. Very quickly. Dick Vermeil knew it at the time. We found out a little later. We'll take a break, come back, and get ready to wrap things up here on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a good day for the stock market as... uh the Dow was up 331 points. It closed at 34,907. The Nasdaq was up 112 at 13,926. The S&P was up 37 at 4,505. That is a look at your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. And uh, Clip, as we head back into the show, I forgot to mention, congratulations to Chris Floyd of Wake Forest, who uh, won not only the uh, shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's, but also the Marcus Crandall t-shirt. And Chris called his shot. So congratulations to Chris. Give him a shout out there. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. He is the author of that. Yes, he is. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are your NL East champions. If, Again. Uh, for all you people that had the Phillies or the Mets before the season, let yourselves <laughs> be known so we can publicly laugh, point and laugh at you. The Mets spent a lot of money in the offseason, didn't they? A lot of money to lose, Marcus. A lot of money to have a losing record. Oof, man. Hate to, hate to see it. Mm, I know uh, you do. I hate to see it. <laughs> uh, the AL East will not be decided for a while because the Orioles have just a two-game lead over the Rays. And guess what? They are in action coming up this weekend. So we'll have Thursday night football for you tonight on Pirate Radio, Eagles, and Vi- uh, Vikings. But mm-hmm. this weekend, uh, we will have some O's baseball, including Friday night, because there's no Conley football, right, Shirley? Correct. Yeah. So we're going to have, uh, of course, Morgan Aylers will have his uh, high school huddle. And then as soon as that show is over, we're going to join the game in progress uh, because they are starting at around 6 o'clock. And uh, Morgan's show is going to end at about 10 till 7. Um, so we will uh, we'll miss the first couple of innings, but uh, we'll join that game in progress. All right, so uh, we've got O's baseball coming your way with a whole lot of football tonight, NFL, high school huddle Friday, 
all day with you saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate the watch party presented by celsius the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show and then another triple header of nfl action coming your way on and Sunday. i can tell you what mm. games we will have what do we got shirley what do we okay have? we will have the ravens and Bengals at uh, our coverage will begin at 12 30 great game followed mm-hmm. by the 49ers and rams mm-hmm. and we're gonna end the night with, with our, my, our, my Miami Dolphins, our Miami Dolphins. taking right. on the Patriots. Ah, big one, big, big one. Chan Man, Panthers on Monday night on Pyridia. We'll have it. <laughs> Chandler, have a safe trip, buddy. Yes, right. indeed. Y'all hold down the fort. We'll talk to you via phone. Maybe tomorrow to talk a little Panthers. Maybe. Maybe. No? Yeah, just depends on where we're at. We've got a five-hour drive ahead of us, so... Uh, but yeah, just give me a call. And Your I'll, phone doesn't work. And start, I mean, what do you? Okay. Give me a call. Right. No, we won't talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk to you Saturday then. I literally was just saying, call me. <laughs> call me. All right, I'm gonna call you. Okay, just, just figure it you out. You know how the mountains is. You never know. You know how the mountains yeah. is. <laughs> I don't read too good. You know how the mountains is. <laughs> you give me a call and I'll get on the on the horn. Hey, but really, for real, for real. If you hear banjos run. For real, for real, for real. Why did Earl have to die? Because <laughs> Earl had to die. Chandler, have a safe trip, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you Saturday, maybe tomorrow. Marcus, we'll see you on Saturday, man. Enjoy talking football with you today, and we'll do it again on Saturday. Uh, absolutely. Go Pirates. Chat gang, enjoyed it. We'll talk to you all tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Football, Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live on the way. We'll talk to you then. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.